shrews. And say there are also these damn shrews. You know what they say, you shrews, you lose. Ah, it was a long time ago. Huge man-eating shrews stormed the village, wiping out everything in the path. This is so much like a movie. Welcome to episode 45 of Schlockernaut, where we travel into the backwoods and find ourselves in a battle with scientifically modified bloodthirsty mole-like mammals in attack of the killer shrews. You can check out steve52.com for previous episodes and links to support the podcast. I'm Doc. I'm here with my inept deputy, Steve, and now onto the show. Which inept deputy? Are we talking Dewey-level inept? <laughs> they're all. They're okay. Every single one of them. Because I kind of dug Dewey. <clears throat> Dewey was great. <laughs> I don't know why. He's a little overdressed. It looked like he was hot. <laughs> he like the, the really heavy hat and the long jacket. And some of those army guys, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, we'll that. We are, today we're ecstatically talking about 2016's Attack of the Killer Shrews, which is available to purchase at KillerShrewMovie.com for 12 whole dollars. And it's uh, from White Line Studios. 12 bucks is a steal. Indeed. The tagline for this film is, no killer shrews is good news. Nice. I like it. I made it myself. So. Did you really? Yeah, absolutely. Nice I couldn't one. find one, so I made it myself. I got a little quote from one of the, I believe he was a producer on the uh, movie, which I thought summed it up really nicely. Uh, the guy's name is Marcus, ooh, I hope I pronounce this right, Marcus Ganchi You're Rotella. You're not going to. You know, is, that, is it Ganchi <laughs> Rotella, you think? Sure. Okay. Uh, he yep. said, this is a no-budget love letter to 1950s creature features while being an unapologetically over-the-top satire of them. And I think uh, that's that's pretty, that hits the nail the head nail on the head. Pretty accurate. Yeah. And I got a little more from that, too. He, uh, the movie costs between two and $3,000. It took two whole weeks to film, except for the stop-motion credit intro, which took six months. <laughs> Right, and three days to shoot for that. Right, that's great. Which, did you know, is also done by um, Ken Constantino and Elizabeth Houlihan. Oh, I didn't know that. That's super cool. Yeah, so, I mean, this is another one of those movies where literally everybody hand in their, had their hand in the pot somewhere. Everybody was involved. Like, today you're gaffing, tomorrow you're craft services. Um, I need you to work on this set. Can you do this? It seemed like everybody had their hand in everything. Right, you're on set in 10 minutes and also do your own makeup real quick. Because you're in charge of that. Bring your too. own clothes. <laughs> yeah. um, hey, I'm going to need you to uh, put 911 on the side of that Crown Vic and duct tape for me before you leave. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was good stuff. They had a lot of heart, though. Man. Totally. Um, did you know that this is a parody of the 1959's, uh, 1959's classic, The Killer Shrews, which I have never seen? I've never seen it either, and I didn't know that until I watched The Little Ford, which I'm sure we'll talk about once we get to the show. And I guess uh, that was made famous by a Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode, which I have never seen. I have not seen it either. Okay, so this is both of our first shrew-related movies? Yes. Okay, now, um, would you consider this an animal attack movie in the vein of Wild Beasts? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. For some reason, I don't put them in the same category. What do you put it as? Uh, horror comedy. Oh, yeah. It's horror comedy. No doubt about it. Yeah, but you're right. Wild, wild Beasts sure as hell was They weren't realistic like animals. comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. It's more of like the... Um, it's a throwback to the to the old... The bats, the ants. You know, the big ants movie where they're uh, trawling them around on like tomato 
you know, tomato crates and stuff like that. Wasn't there one slugs? That one doesn't ring a bell to me. There was. I saw that one. There's Javier Bacon or something like that. I forget forget his name. It's right on the tip of my tongue. But it's almost not it's not an animal attack movie like those because Well, it's not I mean, it's, I know it's, in it's Wild Beast they were poisoned with PCP, but I don't know. There, there weren't really real animals in this movie. So. No, but, but uh, Wild Beast is more of an exploitation type uh, than anything else. This is definitely horror comedy. It's way more right. in my wheelhouse than, than the other. Could we say it's a puppet attack movie? Sure, I'd like that. Uh, uh, so a Black Devil doll-esque type movie? Yes, more right so than, than Wild Beast. And I enjoyed it way more than Wild Beast, too. I enjoyed almost everything we've seen more than Wild Beast, except for The Sinful Dwarf. But other than that... <laughs> All my picks, I'm so proud to say. It's all on my list. (laughs) Yes. All right, right, cool, man. All right, you ready to get to it? Let's do it. All right, you got a fake sponsor for us? Um, This episode of Schlockernaut is brought to you by Deter Pest Repellent. Deter when you need to give it what fur. You know how close I was to using that? Wait a second now. Hold on. Because he says Dieter. Right, D E T E R is on the bottle, right? But it's that's deter, right? <laughs> deter. But he pests. calls it Dieter for them skeeters or something, right? Yeah. So I'm going to say Dieter STD ointment. When you feel the burn, just Dieter that pee. Nice, nice, <laughs> dude. I was so amazingly close to using that as my sponsor, and I thought, you know what? I, there's a good chance of Doc using that, uh, so I didn't because it was perfect, right? It was almost their little fake sponsor segment of the movie. Absolutely. Well, that and uh, what Bob's Barbecue or Bob's Smokehouse. Yeah. Right. Um, that was prominently displayed throughout the film. So, yep. so I did, I went a little deeper. I'm going to go with uh, my fake sponsor is Halloween Boogie Nightclub. No bones about it. The best gravesite in town. Mm-hmm. That was a little sign that was in the back of one of the scenes that I really thought was cool, and I'm really tempted to make a T-shirt out of that. I'm going to have to throw that over to my guy and see what he can do with it. Cool, man. All right, let's get a spoiler warning and get to it. Indeed. Hello, neighbor. Doc and Steve are about to discuss all the wonderful details of this film. Doesn't that sound great? But if you don't want your movie experience to be spoiled because you haven't seen the movie, well... I suggest you stop listening now and go watch the film. Don't worry, we'll be right here waiting for you when you get back. See you then, neighbor. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I just wanted to hit this real fast because I didn't. This movie is directed by Ken Constantino and stars Bill Kennedy, Elizabeth Houlihan, who you'll know from... uh, a movie called Through a Mother's Eyes, To Release a Soul, Holland Road, and Troma's Dead Inside. It also stars Jonathan Rogers in his first movie ever and Mick O'Keefe. We can get right into yeah, it. Yeah, I knew nobody in this, uh, but I enjoyed everybody in this, so that works out real good. I knew <laughs> movies that they had been in that I want to see, so we can talk about that as well. Okay, cool. And I'm interested more, uh, what is it, White Lion Productions? They've yeah, got I a wanna... movie, Wolf House, coming out that like everybody from this movie is in that movie. But it looks more serious, so I'd like to check that out. Yeah, I saw one of the people in this movie was in something called... Let me see if I wrote that down somewhere. It was, I think, called Killer Rack. Did you see that one? Yeah, dude. I've been wanting to see that one for a long time. Like, that, that seems like something I would enjoy. Because so it's about a coat rack that when people walk into the closet, it strangles them. You're lying. No. 
What were you thinking? <laughs> Get out of town, dude. There's no way that's what it is. That is exactly what it is. Well, the case the case is leading me somewhere different, I'll tell you that. Do you still want to see it? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> no, it's about some titties. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Funny. So um, I really thought that the intro to the it starts off with like a, uh, I said, dare I say, uh, a thing reminiscent of the Amazing Thing title, the way the, the the whole screen burns away and it has the backlit um, title card with fog in it. Do you I remember the Thing it, title? Dude. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I loved it, dude. Absolutely loved it. Uh, I love miniatures. You know that. We've gone over that a million times. Um, I love movies that have a, a unique and a fun credit sequence, right? It kind of gets it gets the movie start on the right pace for me. It gets me in a, in a happy place. Uh, Indeed. This was a great start. I thought the score was kind of had a scary, almost like polka organ type score. Did you get catch that? Yes. Or, or a little. Yes. Oh, I, I thought even maybe a little Danny Elfman flair in there. Um, dude, at, at first, um, I was shocked. And once you find out too that the director Ken Costello did the intro with Elizabeth Houlihan, who played Fiona Ray. Um, that's even more impressive. But um, at first you see it's like a graveyard. Um, I thought it was stop motion, but then I realized they just had a fan on some paper. Right. Blowing on the screen. So I thought they, they had me fooled. I thought, stop motion. Um, and I know you're a fan of that stuff. Huge. But then I realized it's not, but that's what's cool about it. But then they totally tricked me because they go on actual stop motion. Yeah, it, it was really good. Oh, and Skype completely locks up, and through the magic of audio editing, no one listening will know anything happened. What do you think about that? Ta-da! Pretty great, huh? <laughs> so yeah. Hey, did you did you um did you get a Jack Frost type intro to this? Totally. That's what I said. A little a little Danny Elfman flavor flair, man. That's exactly what I felt. Okay, Jack Frost is an, is a horror movie we talked about that didn't have Danny oh. Elfman music in it at all. I'm thinking of Jack Skellington. Uh, Bleh. <laughs> Bleh. I'm talking about the intro where they would go through the, the miniature graveyard and all the characters or all the actors' names were painted on the um, tombstones and whatnot. You mean the best part of that movie? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was awesome, right? And then like the, uh, the cast and crew were all digital titles, but... Um, then it cuts to basically a stop motion. Uh, what can we call that? Stomo. Cool. Yeah. Stomo. We get some stomo action of uh, killer shrew carnage. Killer shrews. Oh wait, here. Which is a running gag in the movie, so I appreciate it, and so I'll pay homage to it right here, right now. Running gag on the on this show as well. All right. So. Um, I could have watched a whole movie done like this opening, just, just so you know. It still would not have been made because they'd still be working on it. Right. It's true. It would have taken 12 years. <laughs> so we could watch it in our 90s. I just love that style, though, man. It, it, this sets me up for like, I'm, I'm, I'm rubbing my hands together. Like, get, 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 show me what you got then. If you got this coming for the credits, I want to see what you back it up with. You know? I thought it was all downhill from there. I thought that's exactly what I thought. Like, man, they, they blew it all right here. Right. It can't be as good as this credit sequence. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, I did think the um, the music sounded kind of like it was a haunted Hofbra house band. Yep. You know what I mean? Like yep. uh, up-tempo synthesized tubas and accordions going on. And the music for this movie was uh, performed and created by Jay Wollen. And this is the only credit he's got. I got to You know what? We keep talking about it. I actually took a clip of it. How about I just play it? Do it.
I just want a hot dog and some Cracker Jacks or something. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I'm at a ball game. It's yeah. great. I almost didn't play that because I didn't write down that I had a clip. I looked up and noticed it. That would have been a huge loss for the listener. Absolutely, man. Now you can kind of get a feel of all this uh, killer shoe carnage. Right. You don't have to do it. No, it, well, that 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 sound lets you know that this is fun, not um, ominous. They're not taking themselves serious. Right, right. It's a fun sound. It gets you ready for what's to come. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. I think that cuts so, into um to a little into a nice little catch they got for the intro, right? What do you mean? The, the Lloyd Kaufman intro. Well, yeah, um, you kind of get that feeling anyway because during the the stop motion intro, uh, there's one scene where a man is attacked in front of a movie theater, and there's basically a Toxic Avenger poster, a Plan Nine from Outer Space poster, and a Killer Rack poster. Right. Do you remember that? Yep. It's completely sprayed in blood. Which any independent film, especially a horror film should have a lot of the red stuff, and it should be spraying and dripping from the screen. Liberal, liberally applied, would you say? Absolutely. Right. And they do a pretty darn good job of it. I agree. Um, but then we do get um, a little Lloyd Kaufman cameo, and I've talked to you about that um, before, about when I've met Lloyd Kaufman and how proud I, I was of my children. Yeah, yes. Where I actually went to Troma Palooza at the Bunkhouse Saloon, I got to meet him. So seeing little Lloyd Kaufman walking around, you've been to the Bunkhouse? No. It's a tiny club downtown off of Fremont Street, and it's dirty, and it's dingy, and it's punk, and there's spit and puke and blood all over the floor, and there's you know tattooed, pierced, crazy people with you know, um just dripping in sweat and bile and everything else. And there's Lloyd Kaufman in his suit with his bow tie walking around. <laughs> and Lloyd Kaufman. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to everybody. Super cool guy. Um, got to meet him at Comic-Con where I made it my mission to go, like, very first thing with my kids to the trauma booth. This was, I think, 2014. And so my kids got to meet Lloyd Kaufman and hang out and get some autographs. And then when they saw him in the Guardians of the Galaxy cameo, as soon as they recognized him, my mission as a father was over. Good parenting, buddy. You're nailing yep. it. They were like, hey, that's what God. <laughs> yeah. That was a really good uh, really good catch for this movie. It was awesome for them to get him. Uh, that was great. I guess he had come out for some filming of Killer Rack or whatnot, so they just snagged him up for this one to do the intro. The, I mean, Lloyd Kaufman is the penultimate salesman, yeah. right? Absolutely. Uh, basically, carnival uh, barker, businessman, movie maker, and creator of the Toxic Convention. Right. Because he always lets you know that. <laughs> he could be at a, a charity function. I'm sure he would mention that. He could be opening a hot dog stand and talk about the Toxic Avenger. I created the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> you know what? He should be damn proud. Yeah. And you know what was uh, kind of messed up? And I don't know if it was just uh, me because I have to run this through my audio equipment. But the audio for him was super messed up. It was like only in the right channel. Uh, and it was Dude, it did that for me when I was watching it off the uh, Vimeo. Okay, so not And I had my me. headphones on so as okay. not to disturb everybody else okay. in their day-to-day life. All right, just not just me then. So, all right. <clears throat> Hit me, dude. And then I think at this point, from there, we cut to the laboratory scene with Dr. Murdoch and Swinson. Yep. Which most modern-day laboratories do utilize Christmas lights as part of their <laughs> the, uh, We're going to go into this saying that um, it's this movie is very cheaply made, everybody, just so you know that. Um, and if you don't get it, you don't get it. Uh, but you're not the target audience for this movie anyway. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think that they took what should have been or what could have been their limitations and actually made them 
positives for the movie. Like where they lacked in money, they had fun with it versus trying to hide it or or uh, go a different they, way. They shined a spotlight on all of yes. their flaws. Exactly. They took their limitations and made them made them positive, just like that. Um, you have two bearded scientists, which one was I thought I thought they were both bearded scientists, but I found out that Doctor Murdoch was the only licensed professional in the room. Fenson was just there to be eaten by a um, basically a killer shrew. This gag is never going to work because every time I do it, you're like, oh, oh, hold on. I need to hotkey that. Hold on. I'm going to drag it to a hotkey so that I can, I'm going to be able to hit it faster. I'm like, killer shrew. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Huh? Faster so could you tell me, was that a fake Austrian or German accent? Oh, <laughs> uh, take your pick, dude. You could go either way. like a wild and crazy guy. And it kind of changed throughout the movie. It's pretty good. <laughs> it evolved. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what, that was funny shit, though. Yeah, that was good. Um, that was obviously a lifelike brain prop, too. <laughs> it was like a sponge brain you'd see at Spencer's Gifts. It was perfect. Yeah. And it was fine because they were needling it and prodding it. Yeah, the one dude is, is keeps trying to touch it, and the other guy's smacking his hand away like a child. <laughs> like, Stop. Stop. Taking your six-year-old to work. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to say nibbles the triple because that's exactly what there that thing go. looked like. Nice job. Um, violently attacked Svensson. Yep. And when I say attack, it's basically a puppet mounts his face and humps violently as blood, the glorious red stuff, sprays everywhere. And he dies in the most ridiculous fashion. Yeah, and it was already fun. At this point, the movie has already, I'm like, okay, I, I, I understand I'm totally and I'm in. Dude. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, the experiment was a success and so um, was their foray into independent filmmaking. Yep. Because um, a lot of people try and do stuff like this and they just don't nail it. I've seen plenty of turds. Um they're just. There was a different tone in this movie than I'd ever seen um, before. I agree. I was so. I, I won't even say surprised because when I go into these, I don't think like it's going to be bad or it's going to be good. I'm pretty much just like, hey, let me see. Let me see it's what you're going to do. With yeah, it's a movie. That's let it. me see what you're going to do with it. Um, this was surprisingly well done. Surprisingly well written. Surprisingly badly acted in the right way if that makes a sense to you and it was funny it's like half the time i couldn't tell if that was on purpose or not and, and that's the point i think a lot of that I was agree. i don't even think it would have worked if if it and wasn't I, i'll badly have to done. disagree um i don't know well written badly i think well these guys written? just know this genre so well that they just know what they have to put in there for it to make a good movie and I, i'm gonna guess that a bunch of this was probably just the actors having fun as well right did you get that feel Oh, are you kidding me? Right. You can't make a movie like this. If you're an asshole or you're not into just having a good time and having fun because you're going to do some really ridiculous things. Right. And not the set for but you, like, I'm sure. If, if, you were gonna, if you're going to try to take your buddy off the street, right, and, and he's going to work for free, which we've seen in what, Monster and, and a few other our movies. A ton of them. Right. And you're going to try to make him be an actor and you're going to try to make him say the lines how you want them to be said. It's going to be so stifled and so out of place and so and so stale that if you just let them like, what, what would you do, man? Just, just go for it, go for it and have fun with it and do it three or four different times. And we'll take what we like. That's the feel I got out of this one. Do you think they had the luxury of <clears throat> two or three times? No, I think that this was probably uh, every time they did it, it was like, perfect. It's a wrap. <laughs> you did it. That's <laughs> on to the next one. Right. Let's get the, the, the carpet on the dog for the chasing. Right. I just felt like they, the people were so um, loose in their role that it, that they were just just winging it, but go, really going for it and over the top having a good time. 
Well, I guess uh, this movie originated, they were trying to get a, a legit budget to do an actual remake. Um, that never happened. So they took the footage they they had, spliced it together, because they, they filmed it in two weeks. It took them two years to edit and release, because they took all the footage they had and just edited it into what we have now, I which is know. basically a parody of the original. I don't know that I would have liked a remake. I think this is the way to go. This is for me. What sucks, though, is it's not for everybody. So it's not like these guys right. probably weren't doing it for the money anyway. But, I mean, twelve bu- I would pay 12 bucks just to get the behind the scenes. We talked about that. The only thing we talked about this movie was we would have liked to have the behind the scenes so we could talk about it more for this. And I don't buy DVDs. The last one I bought was Blood In, Blood Out. And you know how long ago that was. And I haven't purchased that one, so if that tells you anything. <laughs> um I guess you could kind of say that this movie is similar to our show in that respect where it's not going to be for everyone. Some people are going to like it. Some people aren't going to understand what we're even doing, right? Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. It's not that's for everybody, okay. man. It's not okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. That's okay. Did you think the edit from the laboratory to Professor Perry's living room was a little abrupt? No, man. I, I, didn't, cre- I didn't have any kind of... Uh, worries about the editing the lighting which was horrendous the sound which was horrendous you know like all the stuff that was bad i just was kind of rolling with it in this one it matched it it made sense you know they uh when professor perry popped that bottle and it had the uh um exaggerated yeah you kind of know right yeah the foley work was was really good and it was way louder than the i mean i'm guessing this is like a one mic type deal because i had a ton of trouble getting any sound clips uh, you know, they'd be talking in the room and, and you'd hear one guy super loud, the other guy super soft, and then the background was even louder. And then when they would shake hands, you would hear like sopping wet pieces of meat. <laughs> like two balonies smacking together. <laughs> yeah. When he was buffing the dude's head. Like, <laughs> yeah. So they had a good time with that. Yes. Um, and I got, I got a bit like when we, when we cut to this, which was what Professor, what was his name? Um, Charles Perry. When we yes. cut to this next Especially scene, I kind of got that conjoined feel, like the the close shots, but like super clear. Like they're shot really clear. It was real echoey, uh, very small set, like really bright lights with mad shadows. Did they film that in the Connex box? Dude, his head was almost touching the ceiling. You know, <laughs> and you could the, see the metal beams across the top. The shadows were killing me too. They were everywhere. Like like when a guy's talking to the other guy, the shadow would be on him. You could barely see his face. It was just shadowed <laughs> out. Like the lighting was all wonky. Out. Did you see like the chandelier was like glued to the uh, ceiling. That's great, dude. So good though, dude. It was totally. But Professor Perry is um, celebrating his book release with Lewis and Cassandra. Who did you get any connection with the name Cassandra? No, I didn't. Cassandra Peterson, Elvira. Oh, I didn't think about it. Maybe because if you look at Fiona Ray later, right, I mean, the dark hair. Did you think Elvira or vamp- vampire or anything like that? Vampirella, dude. Unfortunately, since I had already thought of conjoined, I was thinking of the blonde and the and the brunette from conjoined, like the nice blonde and the the kind of stuck up brunette. Because these guys would emulate conjoined over no 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 no. no. I, I'm just saying that's what I you know that was kind of what I went to. <laughs> like oh, I've seen something similar to this before, and and I liked that too. So it's it's that's not a bad thing. That that's a good thing. All right. So, um. Did you know that Lewis is producer Marcus Gancy Rotella? Yeah, I did look that up. I looked up all the actors. Okay, so you knew that we're basically uh, producers, directors are all in the movie. Yes. As well. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you enjoy the reading from Professor Perry's book, which uh, sounded very prolific and 
intellectual, but literally meant nothing. No, I, yeah, I didn't. The reading was sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that did give us some insight into his character because he he says that he's uh, more important than um, other geniuses like, I think, didn't he say Darwin and Einstein? <laughs> I like later in the movie when he introduces himself as a very learned and educated man or something. <laughs> to like the, something to weird. the Scottish guy. At the, yeah. Now, I'm going to do a lot of air quotes in this movie, too. So when I do that, I'll say air quotes. Okay. He says that to the Scottish guy at the, quote, sawmill. Yeah. <laughs> the shack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't harm me. I'm a very learned and uh, skilled professional. <laughs> so weird. That was good, though. Oh, Jesus. Um, then they find out that Fiona's coming, and everybody seems to be um, extremely excited. And then it cuts quickly to a buxom brunette um, who's having some sort of car troubles. And uh, she happens to be in luck because Sheriff Blake comes to help her out. I'd say we're all in luck because Sheriff Blake comes to help her out. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been saved. Right. Oh, it was great. She bumps her head on the uh, hood of the car, and he's like, you need help? I know CPR. Yeah. Which it turns out he doesn't. That was a lie. He does not. That a freaking lie. Oh, do you have that Maury thing? <laughs> you a lie. No, I don't. That, I don't that is that. a lie. That's yeah. show. That's a lie. Yeah. Um, but it was funny how they actually used that. Like, they wrapped it back around and made that a bit. There was some really smart, I thought, really smart comedy in it. I agree. Uh, that was actor Bill Kennedy, who's been in Wolf House, Krampus, The Devil Returns, and, dude, Southpaw and Foxcatcher. Wow. And some other big-name movies, nice. man. Also a producer of this film. Everybody's got their hands in it. What's nice about that for a director is if like um, you lose money on the film, you can always blame him. Like you, you, <laughs> you sucked. You should have done better. Of course, we're not going to make any money. Your sheriff was terrible. You should have done better. Ah, uh, dude, Sheriff Blake was he he changed um, <laughs> he, he changed awesome. modes and and ways of speaking and accents and. Uh, dude, it was immediately like the, the further along the movie went, the more southern their accents got, more he backwoods. Was, he was so all over the place, dude. It was great. But I do think that she gives out that Elvira vibe for sure. Yeah, now that you say it, I totally see it. I didn't until now, though. It's just the makeup, the hair, the cleavage, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, and then I, I noticed that it must have been an emergency. He really had to get Fiona to this party because he used his lights. Yeah, he rolls code in. Huh? He goes all the way. <laughs> That is a huge pet peeve of mine in movies, man, but I get why they do it. Yeah, yeah. Dude, who who's going to get in a... Everybody wants to see a police siren, and if you get in a police car, you want to turn the police siren on. It's pretty, pretty amazing <laughs> they want to see a police siren. They want to see it on, they want to hear it screaming, and if you see the button, you want to push it, so I get it too. And if you got it, it you got to use it. Right? It's like, hey, look, we got police lights in this exactly. thing. Exactly. If you got it, you got to use it. So, uh, did you notice how he did invite himself into the party? <laughs> he was killing it, yeah. <laughs> He's got a game for days, man. Dude, this is going to be a hard... I just want to go ahead and get this out of the way, too. This is going to be a hard one for me to talk about because we haven't done a lot of comedy movies, and can, maybe you can explain why. Um, f- comedy, to me, is hard to... It, it, without just regurgitating the joke, which is going to butcher it, and it's not going to be as funny because you don't get the visual, us just retelling the joke is not doing it a service. It's actually ruining it, and it's not making it fun if you did go to watch it, and it makes us look like tools. So if you are interested at all in what we're saying and it sounds good to you, go watch it. It's totally worth watching. It's funny as shit. Even the physical comedy, like when he comes in and introduces and he's like, hey, you're Fiona Ray. And he's like pointing 
basically right in her up, face. Her, up her nostril. Like, there like was, uncomfortably, awkwardly close to her face. You're Fiona Ray. Right. There were so many little, great, um, subtle, uh, funny things happening that it would just completely ruin it for me and you to try to like describe each one uh, piece by piece. It, would, it, it, it wouldn't be fun for us either, I don't think. Well, I mean, if you and I were to have a conversation about this movie, you know, um, sitting down over some Overwatch or whatever, yeah. we would talk about all the jokes that made us laugh just so we could rehash them in our mind and laugh about them again. But be, Because we had context for the joke, though. We've seen the joke. But it's not compelling for us to do that. We're going to try and do the best we can. Plus, this movie jumps around an awful lot. And everybody knows me. I'm an exhaustive note taker. I go through every single scene. And so I'm going to try and trim it up just a little bit for brevity's sake. And I'll try to fill in the gaps where I can. Because I watched this twice, but it was last week. And, you know, I usually like to be fresh off a watch when we do the show. So I'm going to try my best to fill in the blanks. So back to it. Um, Blake has invited himself to Fiona's gathering. Um, did you happen to notice two things? I'm sure you noticed the sticker on his sheriff's badge. Totally, dude. It, it, the sheriff's badge said sheriff, and then underneath it looked like someone took a piece of like a a, a post it note, tape. like a post it note, and put it t- the skinny one and put his name on it, which was great. Did you notice his cross draw holster slash armrest for his hand cannon? I did, and I I would I think I did. I don't know, I, is that a uh, Taurus? I think I even looked it. No, I didn't look it up, but I it think... It looks like they, they made some adjustments to it as well. No, I think it was a Taurus Raging Bull. They they make some really big, crazy revolvers like that. It's complete overkill, and it and that's what this movie is. It's over the top, so that was perfect. He was just using it to rest his shoulder or his elbow on half the time. It went from his armpit to his hip. It was humongous, dude. <laughs> but he had no other accoutrements for law enforcement work at all on Un- his belt. Unnecessary when you got the raging bull on your side. You need <laughs> nothing else but that. That's all you need. And the other thing about that scene, you say two things. I say three. I noticed the uh, great close-up nose hair shot of Dr. Charles. They dude, did. I put that. I guess they did not have a trimmer on set. <laughs> they got right up in it, dude, on a close-up. Right up in his nose. I mean, like, we were spelunking in his nose holes right but you know what that's the this dude's first movie so um i thought he gave every bit of it i don't think there was one person in here that i didn't enjoy i they, can't name one they dude they gave it their all yep. man and i'm including the shrews in that as well there was not one person in this movie i didn't enjoy <laughs> and that's that's rare man because we can go through some of our other low budget movies and there's some people that shine but there's usually a few people in there like ah oh, that dude doesn't even match the part he sucks. You know, like yeah he's sad but in this one pff, had fun with almost every did person did you notice in it. professor perry's ascot was just a plain old bandana that i did not good call yeah check it out it's just like one of those blue bandanas you pick up at walmart i'm wearing a brown one on my head right now yeah, I figured you would because yeah. cover up that muss of hair. Yeah, keeping it out of my face. <laughs> what did Amy call you the other day? Willie, Willie Nelson? Nelson? Yeah, Willie Nelson. Like a I, homeless Willie Nelson? I, I was thinking more along the lines of that dude that plays Thor, but she went way yeah, opposite oh yeah, of that. Bradley Cooper, like Bradley, Bradley Cooper, Cooper just waking up. Yeah, or that dude um, that was in Sons of Anarchy, you know, that guy. Uh, what's his name? Charlie Hunnam? Yeah, I, I thought Hunnam? that's what, what I was Hunnam? looking like, but apparently it's Willie Nelson, so that's a... That's a bummer for me. Sleeping in a box (laughs) on the street. Lynn told me the other day that uh, somehow I'm managing to look dirty even right when I get out of the shower. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. You've got that joke joke soap in the shower (laughs) that when you rub it on your body, it turns it ink in it. I get out greasier than I went in. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I I do believe that Blake is going to have to work a little bit harder because pickled Professor Perry is laying it on thick. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. 
That's awesome. It was so over. Everything was so over. Fiona. Nice. Yeah. Do you think that was the wine talking, or that's actually like his character? I'm gonna go character on that. He he overplayed everything. The whole dance thing and in his speeches, he was great. And did you know they immediately break the fourth wall too? Yes. This is the first of many. Yeah. Because uh, I think uh, uh, Sheriff Blake cannot keep himself from from narrating to the rest of us what's going on, and he actually says like. That's Fiona or Fiona Apple. Sorry, that's Fiona Rayo. Right, he gives he gives the audience a nod. Right. So we're gonna get a lot more of that from everybody now. Yeah. And there were some cool parts where they just cut a, like a second later than normal, and you'll see the actors stare right at the camera when they're done with their scene. And I'm sure that was intentional or cut like that on purpose, and it totally worked. All of them uh, had great timing, and I think that's due to the director yeah. Constantino. Yeah, and editing. I yeah. mean, making some, and the editor making some really great choices. Right. Um, like they could have left that out. Like they didn't need that at the end, but adding that actually in it spiced up the movie. It added a little flair, you know. Did you catch the? Was it intentional or unintentional flaw? Because uh, Sheriff Blake says that he hit Fiona with his car. Didn't even notice him. Yeah, he was talking about how lucky was I to hit Fiona with my car. <laughs> didn't even notice. And then he rolled up on it. I thought after her car was already broken down. Yeah. Oh, continuity, who cares? Throw it throw it over your shoulder and barrel forward. Do you think I, I like I said, this is just such an over the in your face parody. I didn't know if that was intentional or if that was an oversight, maybe a budget issue. They couldn't work the accident in. They but that's that's part of the, the genius, dude. Like we're we know that some of them are intentional. That's guaranteed. I mean it was it was plain as day. And some of them may not have been but it worked into the fun of the movie. That's genius, dude. Doesn't doesn't phase me one bit either with my enjoyment of the movie. Absolutely not. Yeah, it's great. They they almost they probably hid some of their actual mess ups by including intentional mess ups. You know, yeah, just like hey, look over here, right? <laughs> but they, dude, the, the, they did have attention to detail, but you can tell with their limited budget, like with the ascot, you didn't even notice it, but I did. Yeah. Oh, dude, this one's chock full of background fun. It's not like. Um, uh, what was the other one that was just plain white in the background? This one just has has fun stuff littering the walls. Everywhere. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, there's just a ton of, like a Mad Magazine back cover. There's right. just a ton of shit. I'm sure you could watch this three, four more times and, and find fun stuff each time. Now, when Dr. Murdoch runs through the field, was that fall intentional? I'm going to ask that a lot just to get your take on it. I thought legit he didn't mean to fall down. I would. I could, I could go with that. I could side with you on that one. Um... Either way, he ends up crashing the party like we exactly knew he would. Right. And and Dr. Murdoch is played by Mick O'Keefe. Um, is that an Irish name? O'Keefe? Yeah, I would guess so. Mick O'Keefe. Maybe a little Spanish. <laughs> right. um, Killer Rack and Return to Newcomb High 2, which I own, and I will let you watch sometime. Which is kind of, this is the closest we've gotten to trauma thus far, right? It is, yes. And I think. Maybe the next episode we should go into full trauma mode. I'm good. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm fine, man. I haven't picked one for the next show, or we haven't picked one for the next episode, so. Maybe this will be an interesting way to find a trauma movie I haven't seen, because I own most of them. Cool. So maybe we'll try and find some. Okay. And then, of course, Dr. Murdoch warns them all of the true danger in the woods. Um, but then that's when you see that Fiona is thinking of other furry creatures. <laughs> yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Uh, through some explanation, he tells us that he was working... He was trying to cure rabies, but uh, fun fact, that's been cured since the 1850s. <laughs> He's a little late to the game on that. <laughs> yeah, no. 
Uh, but we've seen a scene like this a bazillion times in horror, in sci-fi, and in cult films. Now, what I found interesting, dude, was uh, Mick O'Keefe gave a really subdued, subtle performance as Dr. Murdoch. Did you think that? Oh, yeah, yeah, super subdued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was over the top, maniacal, uh, silly as shit. Uh, it, it made it, it was even more over the top, more so because the other actors were being so subdued and kind of nonchalant about the whole thing when he's screaming at him. Yeah, I enjoyed him a lot. Um, and I think that was kind of the point. But anyway, um, no shit. When Blake was actually escorting Dr. Murdoch out of the house, I jumped when the shrew attacked him. Did you really? I'm not even kidding, dude. Oh, my God. I'm kind of ashamed to say it because they lulled me into like a false sense of comedic security. And that thing was just right in your face. I was like, whoa, shit. Of course, I was five inches away from my computer screen. Um, <laughs> just so everybody knows, we are not being paid for this re- uh, review or discussion because they didn't even give us actual hard copies. They gave us uh, digital codes. Codes with bad audio. <laughs> <laughs> so we in no way, shape, or form owe them anything. We love this movie. No, I think that people know by now that we give a... I'd say anything I'd say with these people sitting right in front of me, right? It's not, Absolutely. Uh, it's never fake. And, and really we, we always just go seems we were a little gushy. So I just wanted everybody to know that. Right. Well, we, but we are definitely, uh, we always look to the positive versus the negative. I could say that for sure too. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Like why? We didn't on do some, this. We didn't go through the thing. trouble of, you know, people are going to shit on our podcast. Okay. Well, we, I spent, you know, five hours researching the movie and taking notes and stuff to give you free entertainment. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. That's cool. Yeah, don't go out of your way to bad talk it. That's no fun for anybody. Unfortunately, though, that gets more... I think sometimes that gets more... Um, well, you see like people's worst of lists and shit like right. that. How about a best of list? That's right. more um, functional and gives everybody um, more valuable information. Yeah, seriously, there's enough negative shit going around. It's okay to be have fun and to um, support other people. It, it won't kill you. It might actually make Not you feel all, good. Dude. You know? Not at all. So, and they're doing something um, to make everybody else happy. I can't believe that they could do this for between two and three thousand dollars. That blows, dude. The Mac that I'm using to record this costs between two and three thousand dollars. <laughs> it costs the same as a movie, dude. To make a movie, it's ridiculous what you can do with that. They're money. not lazy like we are. It's amazing, dude. <laughs> they're willing uh, to get up and get outside and put themselves on celluloid where we're hiding behind the anonymity of our computer. <laughs> right. <laughs> So you got scared by that initial shrew? I had a different reaction. I did not scared. I was. It was. Listen, dude. I a jump scare. A jump. Bro. Not scared, bro. A jump. Would you say? I, I was startled. Okay, startled. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, I had my recording software on. I, I recorded my reaction to that first shrew, so I have it for you. You Do can you experience really? it. Yeah, it's this. Oh my god! That was my exact <laughs> reaction to seeing the first shrew. <laughs> So it starts off, it's like a hand puppet, right? Right. And then it's a small fella in a, what I'm going to assume is a werewolf costume from Spirit Halloween Store with bug eyes painted on, painted it's, on the it's, front it, of it. It's inanimate. It, uh, most of the times when the shoes no. are attacked. It, was this the moving one? This was the moving one. This was the yeah. guy in the suit. Okay. Um, the uh, inarticulate one comes later. <laughs> Because there is a couple different, like you know how they had not more inarticulate, than, the unarticulated. Sorry. You know how they had more than one of the um, the General Lee for the Dukes and more than one of uh, Kit for Knight Rider. They had more than one shrew for this movie for different. They, they, well, you know. Wait, different functions like dramatic shrew, stunt, stunt shrew, shrew right? comedy shrew, <laughs> right. um, 
close-up shrew. Googly uh, cookie monster eye shrew. <laughs> <laughs> and there are uh, uh, canine shrew yeah. for chase sequences. That that first shrew attack, it, I actually barked out a laugh, though. Like, at that one, I was like, oh, my God. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay, that's that's exactly great. perfect, you know? <sighs> yeah, it was great. When we say attacked, it's basically a dry hump on their throat or pelvic area yeah. or chest, you know, uh, abdomen with blood spraying everywhere. Yeah, that was great. And then uh, Sheriff Blake does nothing, but Professor Perry, Perry saves the day with a shotgun blast. Yeah, you get the, uh, you know, obligatory constant shotgun pumping throughout the movie. But I think that's just, I think we've just decided that if you're going to put a shotgun in your movie, you just have to pump it at every at every chance or any before you make a statement or anytime the camera pans to you, you got to use that action on the shotgun. You've got, you've got to have that noise. I mean, they say that's actually a crime deterrent. Just having a shotgun, even if you don't use it, just that noise. Everybody knows it. I, I don't buy that. I've heard that too, but I I don't buy that. But okay. It, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think a sound, I mean, any sound, ah, I don't buy it. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't rely on that being the deterrent to an intruder in my house, a sound. Either way, you still know the sound, so uh, urban legend or not, you have the action, so it's a gun that you can do stuff with. It's, uh, you know, it's not just a pistol you aim, because, I mean, even half the time uh, they have fake uh, prop pistols in movies, there's no working slide on it, so you can't get that action going, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think this one had a lot of, they did a lot of real um, like CGI-type um, little muzzle blasts because a lot of times they were just pantomiming the recoil of the firearm. You know, but, and it was off-timed. Like the timing of the, of the sound of the shot would be off-timed from the blast and off-timed from their recoil, which I kind of found. And I'm pretty sure that shotgun would have knocked that dude down. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, probably would have knocked That's him down. That's a big gun. Uh, what's funny is um, after the shrew attacks, they all ask, what kind of creature was that? And at this point, literally, I'm in my living room raising my hand to answer the question. <laughs> you know the I'm answer? I'm pretty sure Dr. Murdoch just gave us that on a pre-quiz. Were you doing like the whole like, ooh, 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 ooh. Like, hold <laughs> <laughs> it's a shrew. It's yeah. a killer shrew. Oh, I even tapped it and it didn't go. You fucking, oh my God. <laughs> no, it's because c- that last Skype cut out, I didn't have the soundboard up. <laughs> We've had two Skype cutouts so far. Let's go for a new record on this oh, one. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Should That's I start, good. like, blinking loudly? Like, Yeah. I got it. I got it. I got it back, dude. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Killer Shrew. That's Okay. We're consummate professionals here. Just, the editing is just as tight as the movie. We're mirroring it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> So at this point, I realized like Dr. Murdoch just can't seem to get through to these idiots or any medical attention because nobody's helping him as he bleeds out with his tongue lolling out of his mouth. I think that's when they send Lewis and um, the blonde girl, what was her name? Cassandra? Cassandra to I get think, first aid? Yeah, they send her to get, uh, the, they send them to get the first aid kits, but instead he goes and takes a dump, right? Guess <laughs> what happens? <laughs> the first aid kit's in there with it. Right? Yeah, but he took a quick potty break in the. <laughs> I knew you did not approve of this scene because I didn't approve of this scene, <laughs> but I was still smirking because imagine two people having a conversation, serious conversation about their disdain for the works of the um, professional that they represent as an agent. 
Right. It turns out they don't even care for Charles Perry's books at all. They're just or anything. In it for they the just money, think they're going right? to make a buck. Right. But that's juxtapo- juxtaposed with the sounds of flatulence and a guy shitting in the background. I might even have a cut of that. How about that? No. There you go. No, those things are so scary. <laughs> ah, so much, so many fart jokes on this show. It's great. The fabled two Fs that make everyone laugh: farting and falling down. It's so great. Uh, those were really squeaky too. <laughs> you want to know what what foley uh, what the foley guy was using to make those? <laughs> I'm trying to. I can't do that. It's one, one of those things. I can things, do a Darth thing, but I can't do. It's that. like when you have a balloon and you like hold the top and you squeeze, you know, you hold, pull it out horizontally <laughs> and it's like squeak, the air squeaks out. <laughs> uh, have you ever dropped a grizzly while your wife have done has done her face up in the no, bathroom? <laughs> never, dude. Never. 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 Me either. Yeah, Just right. Uh, you've done it in my house when I'm getting ready, so I know it's impossible <laughs> for you not to done it in your wife. I try and bust it while you're in the shower. <laughs> I just got to go quick. Don't mind me. <laughs> I think the term you used last time you had an emergency duke over here was uh, clear the runway <laughs> or something like that. Get out of the way. And that was weird because your fan didn't work. It was almost sabotage. <laughs> the better part of that was like, uh, I was like, okay, let me check and make sure it's okay with Lynn. I said, text before you get here. And you said, I'm here. <laughs> so you, you had obviously <laughs> determined you were going to drop it here before you texted me at that point. <laughs> There's no time. Start the boat, Jack. <laughs> Jock, jock, start the start boat. The boat. Start the engine, Jock. <laughs> start the plane. <laughs> so, um, that's great. They want to get rich with uh, Professor Perry's book, which I think is a better sound investment than uh, waiting for Doctor Murdoch's rabies I, vaccination. I agree. I agree. He fails. He yeah. sucks. And we've talked about this before. The rabies vaccine was discovered in 1885. Right. He's late to the game. And what's what's his research going to be uh, consist of next after he realizes he's failed there like leeches or bleeding, right, bleeding uh, techniques, techniques right. <laughs> bloodletting techniques right. and its many benefits. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I use the term loosely. Professor Perry does administer administer some semblance of first aid to Murdoch. Sure. He doesn't even open any of the packets. He sits there and gives a speech while he's like trying to open the cellophane on all the bandages and the. Um, the non-tourniquet that they needed. <laughs> Great, dude. So, did you know that Jonathan Rogers, who played Professor Perry, this was his very first acting gig, and he was um, producer of the animated show The Glow Friends and was on the art department and art director of that show Little Dracula that I sent you a clip of. Oh, is that what that was? I don't even... Yeah. I got to watch that again, man. I, I was so busy when you sent it. Dude, I would. I, I vaguely remember that show, and I would love to check it out again. It cool. looked awesome. Sounds like a boob tube episode. Boob tube. So, um, I figured he doesn't know the first thing about first aid because he couldn't even open the packaging yeah. to place the tourniquets or the uh, gauze or bandages on him at all. Right. So that was funny because he was still dying and making a lot of gurgling noises and overacting the entire time he's doing that. Yeah, so, he, I mean that guy was probably one of the biggest overactors in the whole show. The, uh, Dude, the whole thing is just him, like, um, being mad scientist, being a killer shrew. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I was so close. That was a good one. I'm getting better. It's to be fun no, just to throw it in there. I'm getting better. I'm getting better at it. Get it. I put it on a key on my keyboard, so I'm going to get it quick. Killer shrew. See? <laughs> I'm 
getting there. But now you're prepared for it, so I'm going to throw it, throw you a curveball later. Okay. Um, so it, I think Fiona says she has an audition tomorrow because that's the most important thing that's happening right now. Right. So she has to get back home, but um, Blake wants to wait for some backup. Um, at this point, for some reason, I, now I didn't understand why they were doing it, but Lewis and Cassandra are trying to break into Professor Perry's safe. Did he ever say what was in there? No, I didn't even give it any mind, to be honest. Um, how terrifying was that shrew rolling by the room while they were doing that, though? Pretty not terrifying. <laughs> Just imagine a stuffed animal, um, non-articulated, on a dolly, maybe? Pulley, yeah, something. Pulley being pulled across the room. And they, of course, do the peripheral, like, what was that? In there, I don't know. But uh, during this entire thing, the... the sh- you know, these creatures are attacking and all they care about is getting into his safe for some reason, which the safe consisted of a cabinet with a padlock glued to the front. Of it. <laughs> and what was inside? A killer shrew. Tight. That was a tight one right there. Got that one. Oh, that was good. Um, but then before that even happens, we'll get to that. Uh, did you notice that? When Deputy Wayne showed up, he was dressed like two-fifths of the village people. <laughs> no, I didn't. That's good. He was the police officer and the cowboy. <laughs> he was covering both of them. <laughs> he had like a cop uniform on, but like a cowboy vest, leather vest. That's great. Leather biker vest over his uniform. That's good. So, um, it, it, And Blake tries to warn him before he comes in, like, be careful, man. There's some there's some badass little critters out there. And uh, I, I'm going to say it. A killer shrew attacks him. You don't have to do it. It wasn't paused for dramatic effect. Uh, attacks him, but he's no match for his uh, taser flashlight and semi-automatic pistol combo. Yeah. Which his reaction after defeating um, the creature that was already dead on the porch when he sees Blake was hilarious. Yeah, the the, the comedy was gold, man. The, the reaction shots, the facial expressions, the timing, and I mean even the mistiming. Like the mistiming made it even better half of the time. Uh, good stuff. Do you think these people like each other in real life? Oh, dude, no doubt about it. And I have some notes on that later I wanted to bring up to you. I, I'm absolutely certain of it, yeah. dude. So, yeah. um, anyway, Blake's or Wayne's missing half of his ear. Uh, and they decide that they can only take two people to safety. So they decide, of course, for Fiona because she's a famous actress and she needs to be on set tomorrow morning. And uh, Dr. Murdoch, who is slowly dying and turning into a killer shrew. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, I was close. Pretty close. I was getting it. <laughs> one key. One key off, bro. Just one key. That was great, dude. One key. Holy shit. That's so good. So part of that that made me laugh was he kept talking about how, you know, his they, the thing took his ear off and he was going to, could they sew it back on? But his, it wasn't. Like, he had both his ears. It was like a little blood spilled on it, but it was obvious they were still there. I thought it was pretty It's like, oh, we'll get you a better ear when we get to the hospital. Right. Like they've just got random ears sitting yeah. in jars waiting for you to. Yeah. But they, I mean, they didn't even attempt to make it look like he was missing an ear. It was just still there. <laughs> yeah. It was fun, though. Yeah. Totally. I'll allow it. Yeah. The same. Um, did you notice that Perry short stroke that shotgun? Oh, yeah. A couple times. Because I was trying to figure out uh, sometimes a shell would pop out, sometimes it wouldn't. So I was kind of trying to figure out. Uh, like what type of prop gun they were using, and a lot of times he just didn't he didn't pump uh, pump it all the way. So he would short stroke it so the shell would come out, but he wouldn't push it forward. Right. So he would shoot short stroke, 
then shoot again. Yeah. So yep. literally, no shell has been reinserted into the tube right. for. But he firing. would still pantomime the recoil, which made me laugh. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I could do that, man. Fake it. I'm not an actor. I'm not a thespian. I can't pantomime that. Man, I got some muscle memory with shotguns. I think it would be hard for me not to like do it right. You know, I'd have to break my. You'd have to break break what you know and ruin it. It'd be tough. So you're saying that that uh, Jonathan Rogers doesn't have any weapons training whatsoever. They didn't have a weapons professional on set. If they did, uh, maybe they were messing it up on purpose to just add to the movie. There's the genius again. Yeah, I do. I I can't tell. Exactly. I can't even tell. That's how masterful exactly. they did the parody. Yep. But I'm just saying, if you don't start getting into that industry here in Las Vegas where you do some weapons stuff, me, you're missing out on a perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that'd be cool for you to do. I'd like to. Yeah, it would be cool, man. I'd like to do that. I mean, like you could show Drew Marvick how to use a, um, like a nunchuck. I, or, uh, I am like an a scythe. I'm an accomplished a, uh, crap weapons trainer. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> you need somebody to use a proper bolo technique. You know what I found uh, the other day? I was searching for some pictures uh, in the my closet, and I found some tonfa, like those sticks that are almost like a police nightstick. Oh, like a um. What do they call those things? Nightstick or whatever? It's it, well, it's the name's a tonfa. I'm pretty sure, but it has like the wooden part that goes up into your palm, and then the the long part goes along your your uh, forearm, you know, back to your you elbow. Have a kata for that? Do you use a kata to train for that? Kata is like the 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 maneuvers they go through, right? Like the yeah, repetition. Like, the you know, they get the weapon in their hand and they go through the kata. So yeah. different motions of the weapon. I'm you know, pretty, and they memorize it so they can practice pretty sure i could do nothing but blast myself in the nads with those if i tried to do anything <laughs> the taint scoop yeah, yeah i could do the nothing with scoop that. and pull now butterfly knife some nunchucks i might be able to get down a little bit give me some guns i could throw down those sticks nothing at all you could be called john sickly john what john wick but john john sick, sick. john sick john sickly that's, that's funny dude that's a pretty good dig <laughs> give me a point for that one <laughs> Um, you could be John Lick. How about that? <laughs> Jerk. Yeah. You're John Dick. <laughs> hey, it keeps on going. So what's funny, though, about that Professor Perry thing is um, I've seen that in multi-million dollar movies. Too, right, right, so. right. <laughs> so, I mean, nobody's safe. Yep. So anyway, um, Cassandra's losing her mind, whatever. Um, yeah, the sheriff's breaking the fourth wall nonstop. Every time they say shoot, it was almost like in uh, Young Frankenstein with that Frau Blucher, right? And they'd all like the horses would go crazy. Like if you brought up a shrew, you got every time. Yeah, and someone every would look at the time. camera, and and it was and you you know sometimes that doesn't work for me that fourth wall stuff. This one totally worked. I had no issue with it at all. It never was like overdone. Um, it was overdone, but. I liked the way it was overdone, I should say. On purpose. Right. That's hard, to, that's hard to pull off. Professor Perry getting a little bit cheeky with Cassandra. Yeah, I, I reused a note from last week. I said, Professor went right for the exhaust port. <laughs> 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 it worked so good last week. I went for it again this week. Dude, he, had, he, he like did a finger uh, crack scoop there. Yeah, was... dude. I was thinking that like if I was instructed to do that, like if I was an actor, you know, I, I first of all, I'm so timid that I would hate to have to do anything like that, like with a chick I didn't know. Or even a chick I do know, really. It's just, it's uncomfortable for me. Uh, 
like a pat on the butt would make me feel weird, but he actually went for like a digging, like he went for the tar pit on that. He went in, dude. <laughs> nice. He's exploring for oil. Right. He was dipping, dude. <laughs> he also pulled a Mr. Furley at the end. <laughs> Mr. Furley, dude. <laughs> He's like, dirty old man looks at the camera. Yeah, that's good, dude. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> anyway, that's when Lewis cracks a code and there's this shrew in there. It's basically a puppet, a shrew puppet snarling. Um, and, and it was weird because it must have been uh, so hot. That thing must have been so hot that it caused a like a violent earthquake to happen. Because when the when the shrew came out of the safe, like the whole place started shaking and everybody fell to the ground and nobody could stand up. Um, it was crazy. And the uh, I could clearly see the hand pushing the shrew out of the safe, which I'm sure is intentional. I mean, that was very clear. Um, but I laughed so hard that I actually paused it and took a screenshot of it. I sent it to you. Um, oh, yeah. I think I sent it to you and Aaron. And I'll put that in uh, Slack for the Patreons once this uh, this show is up. But I took a couple oh, snapshots awesome, of, of the uh, like the blatant puppetry and hand puppetry. It's just <laughs> funny. It's, I love it. Hey, dude. they had the same thing in fucking Knight Rider with this uh, driverless, <laughs> car. driverless car. So, right. And that's a you know a million-dollar production probably. Right. Uh, I do believe that Lewis was very va- valiant by offering his body to uh, for sacrifice to buy time for Perry to find more ammo. Yeah, I remember think basically he just offered his ass up. Pretty pretty <laughs> much the the shrews attacked and murdered everybody except Lewis. They constantly crotch mauled him. Like anytime they went <laughs> they for They wanted Lewis, to hump his ass too, too. They wanted a piece of that booty. Every time they went for him, it was sexual. Everybody else was murder. <laughs> Could I say it was a little hot shrew shrew on Lou action? <laughs> shrew on Lou, nice. Good one. And I, I think at one point during that, they cut to Charles and he's like rolling around like a turtle stuck on his back. You know, like just he's on his back rolling back and forth like he can't stand up. The shrew off his back while it's just dry humping uh, the shit so up. No, no, the professor, the guy that didn't have the shrew on him, uh, they do some quick cut to him and he's just like he's laying on his back and acting like he can't stand up. Oh, to help. that's right. Like he's he can't get rolling. up. He's just rolling around. And it took him forever to get those shotgun rounds, too, man. Oh, dude, yeah. Did you notice, though, that it was a. Um, it was a shotgun ammo dispenser slash napkin or a Kleenex holder. Yeah, it was an odd place to keep your shells. I'll give him that. <laughs> I'm going to do that for your birthday this year. Put I'm going to take a, a, a Kleenex disposal or uh, Kleenex vestibule mm-hmm. and bedazzle it and put shotgun rounds in it. I will put it in my house and proudly use it. <laughs> right, up, right on your uh, nightstand? Sure. I'll put it in the living room, dude. I'll put it front and center. Did you see too when he went to that back room? There was a ton of props jammed in that building. A ton of them. That's like that weird was, signs and that's and where I saw that. Phones. Um, I think the Halloween boogie nightclub sign was in there somewhere. Yeah, dude, it's really cool. And then for the second time in this movie, I hadn't mentioned it before, but Perry stares off into the distance and says, "What the fuck is that? Did you get that at all?" Yeah, I didn't understand the joke, and that one didn't work for me. Like, um. It was just out of place, and I, I'm guessing that it was just to, there to make everybody like be like, "What the what the hell was that?" And I'm sure it, they were going to use that for something later okay. too, maybe. Maybe, but for that one, it just which that they one do, flat. which I still don't understand. So yeah, maybe you can help me out with that. But anyway, um, <clears throat> Cassandra, who is actress, I, I don't know if you saw her name, but I'm probably going to destroy this. Cheryl Simchak. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Oh, yeah, that's the name right there. Cheryl Simchak. She was in Dwelling, Killer Rack, and A Grim Becoming. Uh, she's in the bathroom hiding, and she fends off some of those furry furies with a toilet plunger. Um, and she does it just long enough to be saved by Perry. Yeah, there's like, uh, she's hitting that little puppet, and there's like pieces of the puppet falling off. Falling off. <laughs> like at blasting the, the eyes off in the ear. At the end of this movie, that thing is almost um, non existent. It, it's just basically a metal pipe frame with 
some latex it, slapped on It looks on like here. a Snoopy doll that like a dog got to and shook around forever and like all the pieces were falling off. Now, this is something I did not like when Perry shot that thing in the back and it had the CGI blood spray. Yeah, I, I did catch that. Dude, I am not a fan of that yeah. at all. CGI, I've said it before, CGI blood does not work for me. Throw me a little I paint. I wish they, dude, they could have got a, um, a bug sprayer apparatus and filled it up with Cairo syrup blood and sprayed it out of there, and I would have been more happy with that. Yep, I'm always on your side on that for sure. And I don't know why they put it in there, but that was uh, most disappointing for me. We've seen it before. We'll see it again, unfortunately. Yep. Just, guys, load it up in a in a uh, potato gun and blast it out. Sure. <laughs> Do something. Yeah, sure. But, um, and then they had that quick matter to deal with, which is, uh, what the fuck is that thing outside? Yeah. What, what would you even call that? Uh, at first, it almost like a Teletubby, like a real-life Teletubby. Or a troll doll. But it's a guy with pink shorts on, booty shorts. And a helmet on. And a That's helmet. it. Yeah. It just fell flat, dude. Like, I, I wasn't sure what the joke was. Unless it's just, this is weird, which, if that's the case again, it, it just... It was weird. Yeah. I didn't understand that at all. If that's an inside joke, I'd love to be right. privy to it. Yep. Um, I don't know why I was in there, if it was filler, what it was. Maybe we're both dumb. Speaking of filler, dude, I, I do want to compliment them on most of these low-budget movies that we've seen. Actually, all of the low-budget movies we've seen. We've had to cut through a ton of filler. This, to me, had pacing and not too much filler whatsoever. Did you get no, that take? Not at all, dude. Yeah. Nope. Usually, that's like you have to have filler to get to movie length with these, right? Yeah. But I, I didn't catch that at all at this one. Um, after they see that weird thing that I think uh, Professor Perry ends up shooting just because it scares him or freaks him out or whatever. Yeah. Um, they battle it out to the waiting truck, and I say battle with my quotation marks. It's basically yeah. them in a semicircle while he pantomimes the shotgun shooting. Yep. Um, uh, basically, now you have Blake and Wayne, Fiona, and the doctor. The doctor's having a grand mal seizure. I don't know what's going on with him. Um, and that literally started bringing on Hardy Gaffaz, dude, because he was... He never stopped. He was selling it, dude. He went all in. He never stopped. <laughs> Most people would be like, okay, I've had enough of this. That dude, every scene, was bringing it. Yeah. Um, and that's when they run over that creepy dancing guy, the Teletubby or whatever it was. Yeah. And they crash. Now, do you think... I know you're not familiar with trauma movies, but are you familiar with the uh, car crash scene from Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD? I am not. We, I haven't seen that. It is on our list, though. Okay. So when they made Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD in 1990, they they were flush with with cash from Japanese investors. So they filmed a really cool stunt where they flipped a 1978 Ford Thunderbird, and it flips and crashes and it explodes. Okay. Okay. Later on in um, other movies, a ton of trauma films. I think James Gunn used it in Tromeo and Juliet, and a ton of other stuff. But James Gunn was actually driving it in Tromeo and Juliet. They reutilized that footage over and over and over again in trauma movies because it's the only time they had the budget to film right. something like that. It's like Airwolf using the same shot over and over again because they only had the helicopter like once. Right. Yep. So that car crash was extremely um, familiar to that one, which basically it's on the ramp, flips over, and rolls over. I and thought it was a nice little car wreck. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the fact that the Crown Vic had 911 and duct tape on the side of it. <laughs> I think that even when Dave would watch this with me at, um, and even on that wreck, I think Dave was like, oh, nice, nice wreck. Like a guy that does <laughs> yeah, not, dude. he does not like these movies. He did not like this movie. Spoiler. Um, 
I think I think he kind of did though, because he was laughing a little bit here and there. Uh, but even even him at that wreck was like, oh, cool, like that was shockingly good, you know? Yeah, good stunt, dude. Yep. And uh, did you notice that car was already wrecked before, when they drove up to it in the first? I did, place? man. I wasn't really, uh, dude. On this one, I was just kind of go. I was just having fun with it. I wasn't nitpicking. I wasn't really like. <clears throat> no, no, no. I'm not nitpicking, it. but it was just like I wonder. If they damaged it during a previous stunt, maybe that was the car that ran into Cassandra's oh. car and they didn't use the footage. Or, or maybe that was just a cheap car they could get that had been wrecked before. Already you know, wrecked, right. whatever, yeah. Right, makes sense. Well, trust me, I'm not tearing it apart. I'm just trying to think, like, the process through. Right. If it deserves some criticism, I'll give it. But i just just asking if you noticed certain things that I did because, you know, normally you say that you're not paying close attention to detail, but you'll tell me when somebody has two fingers and a trigger guard on a gun. Right, <laughs> But this this one you're not noticing anything. No, but. no, and that's kind of why I said that. Like usually you're right. I'm the guy that is kind of uh, nitpicky on that stuff. And on this one, for some reason, I just I just let it all go. Like I just kind of had so much fun with it. I just sit back in my chair and laughed and and went with it. Well, after the accident, Wayne, who is played by actor Baird Hageman, uh, who was in Return to Newcom High one and two, which are um, trauma films, he produced this film. He's also a stunt guy. Uh, he has sadly passed away. Right. And Dr. Murdoch, Murdoch has been flung from the car. Right. And the sheriff didn't know CPR. No. It was all online. The joke wraps around and it works. Yep. Because she's even uh, like, he needs CPR. He's like, I don't know CPR, but he had just offered it to her, you know, in the previous scene. So What's great, too, is he's more concerned with how much the car is going to place him or how much the car is going to cost him to replace than he is about his dead deputy. Right, right. It's going to cost me at least $15, and that's going to come out of my paycheck, and this is going to suck. The deputy that's also his cousin, which he always uh, makes sure to He always makes sure to let us know. I wonder if they're cousins in real life. Probably not. No? It would be cool if they were. It would be. Maybe we'll have to see on the behind the scenes. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, Dr. Murdoch was flown for the car, um, and then when we do spot him, he's becoming shrew-like. Yeah, he's he's evolving or devolving into an actual, like, full-sized man shrew. Sure. With spirit Halloween teeth and some yep. Lee press on the full on book teeth, like floppy, you know, goat man ears, the whole ball of wax. Do you think o- O'Keefe had been waiting to do that because he'd been hamming it up before, and now that he's the shrew, it's yeah, sky's he, the limit, dude. He turned it to a left. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. He's completely just hamming it up. Um, then this is when things started getting crazy because it's all over the place from here, gang. So be ready. Uh, we're at Ron's place for hair. Um, I guess Ron's opening up for the day. The balding patron comes in. They gets a cut and polish. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, we get the Three Stooges bus sound. Um, <laughs> dude, I chortled and guffawed and cackled when they're having the conversation and the, the shrew just basically like peeps around the oh, corner real oh, fast. Dude. Looking at all. <laughs> that's another part where even Dave on that one was like. <laughs> <laughs> I spit liquid out of my mouth. Uh, so good, man. <laughs> So good. That's just so something you got to see to enjoy, you know. That puppet was seriously mangled at this point too, it was great. and they're still using it, which is glorious. And and that's something I that's I do with my toddler. That's still funny. Like pop a little like toy up behind the couch, like just and make it look at him and shit. It's just it's funny from when you're like two years old to when you're a hundred years old. It's great. Hey, peekaboo for freak's sake. Yeah, for, yeah, peekaboo for adults is what we got here. Yeah. That's good. But it's just like a killer shrew. God damn it! Sexy but ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let me move it. I'm going to move it to where it should be. Okay. Next time I got it, dude. All right. You ready? Yep. It's going to be fun. Yep. Um, Sheriff Blake's at Sunshine Cafe with Fiona. Uh, calls for help, whatever. 
Um, but for some reason, there's some big biker dude that's using the phone. That's the only phone they got. 2016, they don't have cell phones. Um, but now there was no timestamp on this movie. I was either. just going to say that. What, are we sure what time this was supposed to be in? There was like a 2005 Ford Crown Vic in the movie. Yeah, so. there was like a phone from 1907, so it's kind of tough to... And there's also a cordless phone that the biker was using. Right, it's a little little rough. Yeah, so it's it's timeless. Sure. The movie's timeless. That's the way to do it too, man. Why date it? Just, just go with it. Who cares? So she's forced to go over to Ron's to make an emergency phone call, and the emergency is um, she needs to get to her movie production. Yeah, she's still worried about she's that. She's got to call her agent, so she calls him on 555-5555. Do you know where that came from at all? The five five fives. Yeah. You know what? I did read something about that a while ago, but if you know, remind me. I don't. That's why I was just I, asking. I, did, I read something about it. I mean, obviously they started with five 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 so that they wouldn't have to put a real phone number and people would try calling it, um, give out someone's accidental number. But but she didn't even give a full seven numbers. It was like five oh, numbers. She did. No, it wasn't seven. Nope. I watched it several times because you know how I like to call those numbers that they use in movies on the so air. Did you did you try calling five five? I did. It was very <laughs> unavailable. I'm sure it was. I was super excited to do it on the air and oh. it's like you know it gives my service provider it's like cannot dial this number does that take you out of a movie at all like not this movie no. but if you're watching let's see Mission Impossible and, and they give that number does that take you out at all it kind of does but this one you could tell it's on purpose it no yeah this, this one I don't care but 555 has been used in humongous you know E.T. I'm sure used it um, at some point or you know big movies like that and I think we that does take me out a bit because then you're like, oh, movie, phone, great, you know, like whatever. Five, 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 five. Okay. Um, what happens next? Uh, my next note says that's a good way to get spit in your food. So I think the sheriff is like yelling for food or something. Oh, where's my water? Yeah. I don't need my water yet. Yeah. Uh, at this point, P- Perry and uh, basically Lewis and Cassandra show up and they run out of gas at a rundown shanty or shack. It's yep. a total dump, right? Yep. Um, but at this point, it's completely surrounded by killer shrews. That's a good one. Uh, so Cassandra gets attacked while she's sleeping in the truck. That drool broke? Uh, Did you laugh at that? Because I laughed at that almost out loud. <laughs> she's sleeping in the truck? Dude, I've Hanging done out. that. I've done that in class, bro. Like falling asleep and then woke up with like, just like <laughs> have to suck it up real quick and a huge thing of slobber is just falling out of my mouth on Dude, again though, that was a great reveal of that critter on top of the hood of the car. It was Awesome. She's sleeping in the car and looks up, and all of a sudden, Sarah, she can't figure out how to use a shotgun. Yep. Um, and then, speaking of that, I think their reveals or th- their reaction to the reveals is terrific. Like when Fiona sees the one in the uh, dude barber shop, she's like, "Okay, I got, I got that." So, do you remember? Do you remember when I was watching this movie and I send you a random text with no context that said, "I just saw the best reaction shot to a monster I've ever seen in any movie ever." That was it, dude. I had to take that because the audio is here. The auto is real bad, but I, I did the best I could to pump it up here. <laughs> that was her reaction to seeing the shrew face to face. Now, I, I'm going to say it's a tie, though, because then I remembered another reaction that really made me laugh, too. So I took that as well, which is this. What the fuck is you, home skillet? So I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn between which of those two are my favorite reactions. I think I like hers more, just because it's so. I mean, that was white tea, so that fits his character perfectly. Yeah, this did not. You know fit. that that's Fiona Ray, a world famous actress. That's Thes- she- thespian. 
That's me when she comes up with something like she's having a medical episode. Her face was all contorted, bro. It was so, <laughs> dude. Hey, man, that right there, bro. I could not stop smiling. My my cheeks were hurting, bro. I was like, oh, that was so freaking funny, man. I loved that part of the movie, dude. Loved it. And then after that, the uh, shrew actually attacks the two, the barber and the customer, and we get a, a shit and blood storm. <laughs> For some reason, the dude starts pooping everywhere. I didn't care. I didn't care <laughs> he says why. something about I'm dookie and all over. <laughs> I think he doesn't. He accidentally cut the guy. He's cutting his hair with a razor or something. Yeah. <laughs> and he starts pooping when he sees the blood, and it's it's getting wacky, dude. At this point, the uh, the prop shrew is looking ra- rather rustic. <laughs> Just a little bit. Oh, wait, true. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's basically. You see the steel frame coming out with the 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 basically the gloved hands on the floor flopping around, <laughs> with like you know there's a guy off camera just rocking it back and forth. I don't I don't think it would have worked any other way, man. I don't think Dude, I done it. I'm I'm happy. It makes me joyous just talking about it. Yeah, it's just so. Yeah, awesome. They just is, they're fuck it. Caution to the wind. Yeah. Just put it in the goddamn movie. Like, like I said, if you like, get it, you get it. If you this don't, isn't going to work. Trust me, it's going to work. Yeah. We're going to make this happen. Either you get it or you don't, man. And if you get it, this is this is for, for you. This is wrapped up with a bow on it and, and handed to you with a big smile. We should have given a disclaimer, too, because Dave doesn't like anything. Yeah, Dave's the Eeyore of the group. Dave didn't, and I'm going to say this, I said I'd never mention it again. Dave didn't like Attack of the Killer Shrews. He didn't like, uh, let's see. I, what was the other man. ones we watched? He didn't I, I, like Night, of, Shrews, Night of the Demons, I don't think he liked. Oh, Shrews, damn it. God damn it, never mind. Never, no, 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 too late. Too late, stop. Yeah. He didn't like that movie, and he also didn't like Mad Max Fury Road. Right. So there you go. I, I don't think he was a big fan of Night of the Demons either. We watched that. Um, and I gave him my own personal copy of it. He's, 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 using it, he's currently using it as a coaster for his water class. I'm telling you what, though. He is slowly being switched into... into um, into this mode though man i'm noticing that he's more he's more likely to actually finish these movies and not discount them completely which he used to just walk out of the room and go sit on his ipad somewhere i think we're gonna have a lot of time to change that attitude because he just moved here i think doc movie night needs to happen like in the next few weeks i'll do it this weekend i don't give I a think shit we need to get one of those going dude all right we're in so um at this point the uh animals attack the fully stacked and fully populated cafe, um, which is kind of funny now because the the puppet is back to its prime, fully furred. Um, people are fleeing for their lives. Uh, Fiona is over at the barber shop, still killing another one of the uh, critters. And then we're back at the Shrew Shack where Lewis is running interference to pull the beast away from Cassandra and Perry as they escape in the car, right? And that's when you get an extended POV shot of the shrew running down Lewis um, for more of that sweet, sweet Louie tail. <laughs> and at one point, they actually switch it up, and it's a dog wearing a carpet on its back. Just a dog chasing him. Hey, can I um, can I throw a little freebie out here for the, for the makers of this movie if they ever hear this? Sure. What you need to do is throw in, at the end of each show, if you're going to use that type of cam work, shrew eye view. What do you think, man? Filmed in shrew eye view. Like on the poster? Nah, like something you could put at the end. So if they're going to do the POV shots of the shrew running around. Shrew division? There you go, dude. Just throw, throw one in at the end of the credits as something stupid is a little joke. That's like a, a, like a Like a in the credits as a uh, 
Kind of like a naked gun joke. Yes. yes, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. And you could have it like predator mode. Yep. All right. Um, anyway, he finally gets back to the truck. They have a battle. The Irish guy comes to save the day, which we haven't talked about. There was the Irish guy who gave the warning in the shack that this has been done before in, in Scotland, right? Yeah, I thought he was Scottish, not Irish, but is that... That's what I said, that it's Ireland? Yeah. No, no, you said okay. he was Irish, but I thought he was Scottish. Yeah, he was Scottish. Yeah. Um, he warns that Dr. Uh, Murdoch's father did the same thing in Scotland back right. in the day. Yeah, he was responsible for the murder of shrews in Scotland. Right. And I'll sure. tell you what, like his whole speech would have been filler if he didn't have that sweet, gravy Scottish accent. Like, you could read a phone book to me in that and I'd kind of listen to it. Yeah. But... uh his speech was kind of that, like I said, that normally would have been a filler scene for me, like a long drawn out explanation of something I don't care about. It but actually, his, his, uh, accent brought production value did. to the movie. It did. It, it, for some reason that works for me. So good for them. Um, they made a way, they found a way to make filler fun. Amazing. Yeah. You know, I also, when and, they, I saw a really cool part when they carried, um, Cassandra back to the, um, truck after Lewis kind of saves her or whatever. She completely blasted out the side mirror of the truck with her elbow like on the way in oh, shit, dude. <laughs> I, I bet it hurt too it looked like it hurt but yeah she like, not cool it's, it's, it's rough <laughs> well they all escape in the truck with the uh, the scottish guy right um they cut back to fiona and blake as he's um finishing up some shrewd business oh wait here yeah i hit two buns at once I that didn't was know a I could dumb joke and a shrewd joke i didn't even know i could do that dude now i know um, but then they cut back um, to Professor Perry, who is, he makes the most ridiculous speech. Yeah. <laughs> maybe give, I can't hear. It was basically a who's on first, a low budget who's on first. <laughs> uh, but he says he's going to stay behind so that they can go. Yeah. And they can go because he's staying behind. But if he doesn't stay behind, they can't go. <laughs> <laughs> Back talk. <laughs> it's how my five-year-old explained shit to me. Like it's a, it's a circle. <laughs> it's a circular argument. <laughs> What's great is when they're walking away, Cassandra and Lewis, she's like, that was very valiant. And he's like, I know. And she's like, I wish you could be more like him. <laughs> hey, he was, was steady like getting on too. What's that? There was another running gag that made me laugh is every time Lewis hugged um, Fiona, she was like, oh, you smell bad. <laughs> she, she would mutter under her breath like something <laughs> horrible about him. It was really, it was so low key and subtle though. It was really funny. I need to start doing that, like to one of the boys. Can you believe like, that I didn't even catch that, but it made me laugh. Yeah, it, it happens more than once. Every time she hugs him, like when they all reunite, she's like, "Oh, you smell bad." <laughs> <laughs> she like push him over. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> oh my god, that's good. Uh, but then wait, there's more. Deputy Wayne is not dead. Yeah, and he's hell bent uh, to. I mean, I guess you could call that almost a montage—the way he got back to town, right? <laughs> All I know is he should have – okay, so basically he fires up the car, which is still running, yeah. and then crashes it again. And then he's able to find just by happenstance – I don't even know what that thing was. was Police a, water? What's your it was, it was a snowmobile, dude. No. That's what it looked like to me. It's like a hovercraft. Dude, watch it again. I swear to God it was a snowmobile. <laughs> but it's just sitting in the middle of the swamp, and I think it's like a police snowmobile or something. That was, Did you say swamp? Or – yeah, the forest. It was forest. Now nah, it was watery when he was driving it. It was a river. Oh, Just because right. you have a river through a forest is called a swamp now. Hey, dude, I live in the desert, bro. I don't know. I know nothing about any of that <laughs> stuff. It's all about... swamp to me. <clears throat> it was a, a creek through, okay, a, through creek. a forest that okay. he hopped on a whatchamacallit thing. 
hover. Was that a was that one of them airboats? <laughs> I'm telling you, snowmobile, but could be wrong. Okay. Um, and he goes off down the river. Um, so that's I don't know where he's going or what he's doing, but yeah. he's been pretty lucky so far. Yeah. Um, but then you see that the professor who has bravely decided to stay behind to fight the killer shrews. He's in the fight of his life at this moment. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> then right before he's about to be in the, um, the fight of his life, he gets his dying confession, which is, um, he's always wanted to be a dancer. So let's dance. <laughs> I immediately thought of that. It was just great, dude, because it's such a cheeky, corny, cheesy one-liner, man. And he's going out like a champ, dude, so why not? He does. He he takes it on the chin, man. He tries his best, but he is, uh, he is bested by the animal. Right. We get more of that bright red stuff, so I was happy with that. That was not computer-generated. Yeah, the good stuff. Um... And then we're back at the police station where the sheriff is literally doing nothing except trying to hit on Fiona. And that's when we get to meet Deputy Dewey. The, the best way I could describe Dewey was like maybe the water boy, like Adam Sandler's water boy. <laughs> Lisp, um, clothing uh, not appropriate for the weather inside that room. Like a weird Adam Sandler kind of facial pinch or scrunch. That was Ken Constantino, who's the director of this film. And... Um, he also did a movie called Crimson, the motion picture, Big Tim's Cool Whip, Wolf House. And he has credits for producing, directing, acting, editing, writing, and probably even craft servicing and gag. <laughs> and makeup and hair and everything else. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. Dewey, Dewey made me his laugh, character, dude. His character was aloof, had a nice lisp, if you will. Um, and he uh, lets Sheriff Blake know that the army has arrived, which is basically uh, just a G.I. Joe level character caricature of servicemen. Yeah, just some dudes, like one with an eye patch and one with a tattoo. It's basically um, the bad guys from um, Raw Force. Raw Force, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Same thing, I thought. And then the, the army guy, I thought, was a, another guy, but it happened to be, what, Captain Jack Frost? Right, <laughs> some weird name. So and there was two things in that in that scene that I hate, bro, and I, I don't know if you caught him or not, but um, he does it with all due respect line when he's talking, okay. and uh, he also does the the manic laughter when at some point. Maniac laughter. Talking. Yeah, so the two, a twofer. You got me twice in that one. That was James Ventry, who has been in Troma's Dead Inside, Who Shot Fozzie. He was the producer for uh, Crimson, um, the motion picture, and he's done a bunch of other stuff, too. So. Yeah. I was still smiling from Dewey, so I, I gave him a pass on the other things that I don't like. Yeah, I mean, he's just the typical, atypical, you know, tough army guy. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Yeah, and I loved some of those other army guys, man. They were great. <laughs> great. Oh, and I liked him, too. I'm just saying those two things in that scene are things I usually don't like. You know, not you don't like his, uh, with all due respect, and maniacal act. Right. Right. Nothing and to do with I the actor you. or whatever. Just things I've seen in a movie so many times that they grate on me now. Even though this is a parody, so that's what they're supposed to true. do. This that's guy true. is supposed to be unlikable. That's true. Yep. Uh, and then we cut back to Wayne burning down the river on his river runner. But he runs out of gas, but guess what happens? He finds like a police dirt bike or something. <laughs> he finds an abandoned motorcycle in a barn. Yeah, it reminds me of something. I can't remember what, but he's just going from like one awesome Conveyance race, to, race the next. to a next. And he's going at full speed, anything he jumps on. So it's it's super fun to watch. He needs to take that motorcycle and drive it straight to a casino. <laughs> right. Because he's lucky as shit. Dude. Yeah, he's the man. 
Um, but then Captain Frost and Blake go to the mayor for help. Um, but he's inconsolable because Pugsley is dead. Yeah, I took a cut of that just because I wanted to get at least one of the cool timed jokes in here. Um, I don't okay. know if it's going to come across, but here. Oh, great. Here. God, did things get any worse? Sir, your wife just called. Your dog died. Just, just <laughs> cool little, you know, throw, kind of naked gun-ish, like you said, uh, uh, throwing in these little jokes at the end that they all worked. It was and after that, to me. the mayor is um, functionless. He yep. can't do anything to help anybody. Um, he's out of the game. Yep. And then you go to Cassandra and Lewis and Wilkins now, who said that he owned the sawmill. And I was like, what the, wait, what? 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 Yeah. What the fuck? That was a sawmill? <laughs> it looks like an outhouse. It did. It looked like a kid's, uh, like, tree, shitty. Tree house or something. Uh, tree house on yeah. the ground. Yep. Like a ground house. Like the tree house from that movie that I don't like. What is it? Camp or uh, Monster Squad. Looked like that tree house. Okay, uh, and this ends episode forty-five. And, yeah, of Schlocker Pete now. just threw his shoe at the at the uh, <laughs> at his phone for when I heard heard said that. <laughs> and just so everybody's clear, that was Steve yep. from Schlocker not saying send he doesn't hate like mail. Hate spot. mail goes to me on that one, not anybody yep. else. Schlocker not at gmail dot com. Send your hate mail. Title. But it was funny. I thought it was funny because she's like, "We were following you," and he was like, "I was following you," and they're like, "Would you you stay in the song?" He's like, "But I never come this way." Just dumb. This dumb stuff. Uh, but then, of course, they're attacked by Killer Shrew. And run into a mine. Yep. Which I thought was pretty cool looking. You can like, see, like, uh, the flat, black plastic tarping on the top and stuff, but I still think they did a great job. I like the mine uh, as well, and I like the way the Shrew's eyes looked in the mine when it was dark. That made me laugh. The what now? The Shrew's eyes. Like, when it was all dark in the mine, they, they showed the eyes, like, glowing, and I thought it looked really funny. It, it what looked, is... What is the noise a shrew makes? What is that noise? Do they have a noise? It's like the, like an old um, remote controlled like wind up car trying to start up. Like yeah, that's pretty good. I'm gonna cap that out. I'm gonna use no, you're that. Not. That's pretty good. You're not. When are you gonna do some of your stuff? I don't have that. I'm tired s- of being butt of your jokes. I don't have that nice uh, country um, twang that you have. It's not fun. John Hick. Look, I came late with the John Wick joke. <laughs> I came back with it late. <laughs> John Prick. It only took me 45 <clears throat> minutes to retort. <laughs> That's awesome. <Right>. Um, <laughs> Dumb. Um, you know, at this point, the troops aren't really taking anything seriously. They're having photo ops with Fiona. Um, as uh, Captain Frost and Blake plan the attack on the shrews and the mis- oh, and the mosquitoes with Dieter. And was it going to Dieter... Deter the mosquitoes. Skeeters. Dude, one of those, um, one of the soldier guys reminded me of uh, Carl from Sling Blade, and I couldn't stop laughing at him either. I don't know why. Why? What was he doing? Just jutting his chin out and like making his mouth real, real tight with his eyes squinted. He looked just like Sling Blade. (laughs) (laughs) Something about the way he was doing it, I kept laughing. Every time I saw it, I kept laughing. I couldn't stop it. Gonna have some biscuits and mustard. Mm -hmm. So so funny. Just little Um, things, man. Little things, dude. Just funny. Wilkins and Lewis are basically in the mine um, searching for Cassie. Um, and then that's when we get the backstory. I thought we had gotten it earlier, but the Scottish guy tells it happened all before. Because right. he tells us the story in the mine. Um, and then at this point, Wilkins finds some dynamite sticks and tells the others. Again, another selfless, valiant, brave uh, character Sacrifice. in the movie. Yeah. Tells them to, to flee for their life. And... Um, 
Wilkins self explodes and Lewis self shits. And I was kind of cool with that puff of smoke out of the mine. I enjoyed it. That was good. Dude, they did that a couple times where they had some actual explosions yeah, and whatnot. I, li- I think I don't. I, I don't remember Dave why I put too. down that Lewis self shits. Did he do something? I think a lot of there was a lot of uh, like fart sounds when people <laughs> did shit. Like when Cassandra fell down the one time, like it was a little fart comes out. <laughs> Just a lot of little little foldy work that you know enhance. Put a little Mrs. Dash on this dish, you know. <laughs> Season, so. Like like something I, I'm gonna put in, play another cut here, and I don't know when it was from, but it's like when the army guys went to um went to go gather up to like fight the shrews. This is the sound you heard. Get your ass up! We got shrews to kill. Let's go! And they all just did that as they ran around. <laughs> I have no idea what that's even from, but I've used that before in my daily life. I swear to God, that's like a South Park joke or something, dude. It's great. Man. No, that's been around way... That was when I was in the Marine Corps in 1995. <laughs> it's so funny, though, and they just kept doing it, and it's... it's Like they're moving around the sawmill or, or the whatever that was. <laughs> that, that was their little, like, base that they made, their little camp... Uh, their little operations uh, camp that they made, and they're just running around doing that, and I it, I giggled my ass off, dude. It's so funny. I I also said that um um the the army guys or the service guys, the military, they look like the cast of Deadly Prey. Have you seen that movie yet? Uh, no, I haven't. Maybe we'll do that with with okay. you and Dave then, because it's an '80s movie where it's like you and I made a movie when we were 12 and that's exactly the movie we made. Right. That's kind of how I feel about this movie too. And that's a compliment, yeah. not, not a, absolutely. Yeah. Not a ingenuity and creativity. Yep. Um, I guess Scottish guy Wilkins tells them about something in a shoebox in the sawmill that they need to find. So they go there and they pick it up and it's got a picture of Murdoch or like Murdoch's dad. I don't get what any of that meant at this point. I think that was the link to, to link that guy to the, that this has happened before he wasn't looking for a rabies um, vaccine. He was, you know, releasing these shrews on the earth or something. Oh, to try and like yeah. destroy it or whatever. I could Take be totally it. wrong too, but you know, uh, I'd that, say I also wrote down for some reason um, that when they battled the shrews in the building, that was kind of like a low rent dog soldiers. Have you seen that? I haven't. No. Wow. Yeah. Lacking bro. Yep. Uh, but I had a blast with the entire thing, dude. That fight scene between the, all the soldiers. I mean, th- there would be um, shrews on the ground and shrews trying to break through the door, and they would be shooting one on the ground and then like back and forth, door, floor, door, floor, door, floor. Yep. Uh, it was just ridiculous. Yeah, dude. it was great. Um, they end, end up eventually falling back and blowing the mill up. Um, and then that's when Sheriff Blake returns back to home base, which is – was a uh, would you say a budget suite hourly uh, weekly hourly rental yeah yeah and then um, I don't know what happens after that well we're uh, we're leading towards the big outside action scene but I think that doesn't um Cassandra or Fiona meet up with some smarmy guy in like a roller skating rink or something what now isn't there some guy in a roller skating rink that gets attacked like uh, one of the girls I think Cassandra um, I don't remember that. I know um, it's like a greaser-looking dude. He kind of hits on. Oh, we get there in a second. Yeah, okay. It was a restaurant, like a tiki restaurant. Got it. Um, Captain Frost confers with the president, and they plan like a return of the living dead nuke drop on the town. Right. They have to evacuate everybody. Right. Um, And that's when the shrews attack them as they exit the daily, weekly, hourly. Um, And that is when Hill is computer graphically unleashed. 
Um, there are basically dead Muppets everywhere <laughs> on the ground. Right. Um, some soldiers retreat. Others, uh, Captain Frost dies. Um, and then at this point, Sheriff Blake is basically just trying to rescind the nuke order on the radio with right. the president himself. Right. That nuke, though, dude. Oh, my God. That was one of my, another one of my favorite parts. And I, I sent you a, a screen cap of that. Um, as soon as I saw it, I, I screen capped the nuke. You could see the hand uh, in the back pushing it. It's it's like a paper towel roll with duct tape around it. Um, it's it's a, like CGI uh, afterburner coming out of it. It's exactly what I wanted. I think that would maybe even be green screened. It was exactly what I wanted to see at that point. Like It, it was a perfect cherry on it's top of the cake. It's coming in hot, man. Yeah, it was the perfect cherry it, on the cake, dude. Blake is trying to stop it. He doesn't have clearance clearance. They they basically <laughs> nice. tell him that. Um, then you get a super cool scene of like a... a a gas mask soldier doing a super slow mo walk out of um, he like pops a flare and he's popping caps. Yeah, the big dude, the big dude with a sleeve tattoo. He comes out and uh, like does a does a pretty cool action scene. I thought. I was really worried though about having that flare in the house. <laughs> worried about something going up. <laughs> it's a very dangerous, man. Yeah. And then um, I thought it was funny because the guys were like, "Why are you moving so slow?" <laughs> So we, what we thought was a slow mo wasn't a slow mo at all. It was just him like walking super yeah, slow. I'm telling you, man, a lot of little, lot of little good funnies in this one for you. Um, and then back to Cassandra, who is now um, hanging out with a, a military unit. Um, but they leave her all alone for some reason. She ends up going commando with a shovel and just fucking shit up. Yep, basically smacking uh, uh, shrews down everywhere. Um, and then. The whole rest of the game moves in. Blake's still trying to stop the uh, new drop. Um, Fiona finally gets a weapon. She starts kicking some ass. Um, we cut to Cassie, who that's when she runs into that tiki themed restaurant. And that's when she does what you said, the fart fall. Yeah, she falls and there's a little like, like when she falls. <laughs> when she falls, it's so funny, dude. That's oh my great. god, well, that that two like i said that killed me twice because it was two s she farted and fell down there so it is I'm, dude i'm chortling i'm guffawing that's a two-piece combo for you yep and then that's when you meet zero um who is in the restaurant he purrs out on her a little bit um she spots a shrew and screams in a ridiculous fashion um zero gets eaten on anyway um sheriff blake i think comes in and saves him but her. then we get a uh Three times killer shrew scene. Um, I don't even know why I wrote. What was that? A what? What you say? Do you remember that? No. Anyway, I don't either. Um, that's when you get the toilet paper tube nukes. Yes. Um, Cassandra and Zero succumb to their shrew-induced wounds. Nice. Um, Louis, Louis tries to help Cassie by ripping her arm off to use it as a weapon. Right. <laughs> and they eat that too. Um Blake unceremoniously caps Murdoch as Wayne shows up on the motorcycle. You remember that? Yep. And uh, he jumps up on the motorcycle and grabs the nuke out of the sky and rides off with it into the sunset. He does like a, a jump. He catches it on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that big outside action scene when the car pulled up, that looked like so much fun to make, bro. Like with everybody I, running around. I just and want everybody to know I blazed through that because it is so fun. There was so much going on, I couldn't necessarily explain no, every aspect it, it's of it. Super there visual. Was action, a uh, lot of uh, dummies being knocked over with shovels, a lot of people shooting blanks in the background. Great. Smoke and fire and CGI fire, which I'm okay with CGI fire because. That's hard to do in real life. 
Um, there's just so much shit going on that I briefly glazed through it, but it was an extravagant. Yeah, that uh, action scene was great. It was so much fun. It was perfect. But at this point, after the explosion goes off, um, we now learn that uh, Blake is blind, Fiona's gone mad, and Wayne is being transformed as we speak to another type of animal or creature. Or shrew. Is it a shrew? I, I think. He didn't get bit, but he was exposed to nuclear um, energy. I don't know. One of those shrews had some funny nipples. That's all I remember about that scene. <laughs> I was laughing at it. <laughs> I should have done that Nomi Milan cut for that. Missed out on a joke there. Did you get something wrong with the nipple? Yeah. Too bad I don't have that loaded. All right. So that is the movie and scene in credits. Yeah. And during the credit, you get a rap song that tells the whole story of the movie in rap form. Like Bubba the Redneck Werewolf at the beginning. Yep, and I'll play a little cut of it. Starting to notice a a theme here. Check this out. It was a dark and stormy night. The professor was feeling good. Lewis is about to release the professor's book. Fiona's on the way. The scientists in the lab. Then it all went bad. Shoes on the loose. Fiona car breaks. Sheriff's on the way. Cassandra's so hot. Everybody wants her, the shrews do too. Dr. Murdoch warns everybody. Sheriff calls for backup, which is his cousin. Lewis search for the safe. Quick question. Yeah. Are, are rap songs supposed to rhyme? Eh, it's spoken word rap, man. I'll call it good. Okay. I got a question for you. Uh, is, is it racist of me to assume that the barber did the rap song because he was the only black guy in the movie? Yes. Okay. It would be great okay. if it was him, though. Yeah. So th- that dude in that song in the credits did a better job of describing the movie than we did in two hours, and he did it in like three minutes. Yeah. That's pretty sucks for but us. But he also right? had access to the script and the director and the yeah, writer. It sucks and for us, else. dude. <laughs> we suck. Okay, I got some after stuff uh, because I watched this. Afterbirth? Yes, I have some afterbirth. I have some placenta here to give you, to feed you. Okay, let's do uh, that. Because I watched this movie twice, and the second time I watched it, I watched it with my wife, my buddy Dave, and my five-year-old. Because this okay. movie, I think, can be watched by a five-year-old. Maybe I'm oh, wrong. Oh, with all the F-bombs? And, sure. Yeah, absolutely. What the fuck uh, is that? No, you know what? So I got some... It's my son watching the movie right, with me. Right. <laughs> I got some tits... Tits. tits. <laughs> I got some tits besides that. Uh, so obviously this movie isn't for everyone. I think we've made that pretty clear, right? You, I think uh, most of the people who listen to the show um, for the Raw Force episodes, for the Monster episodes, right. for the Cherry 2000, the, the bullshit. Th- right? This movie is for them. Right. If you're, it's if a you, cult movie. If you're down to sit down with a buddy and just have a good time, this is perfect, dude. This is a perfect movie for that. Um, Absolutely. The actors were great. I thought they all fit. They all contributed. The chicks were cute. The dudes were cool. Fuck it. The dudes were cute, too. Who cares? Um, the, the pacing was above average, uh, especially for a low-budget movie. I think it was well above average. Oh, they had great pacing. Yeah. Man. It was the exact perfect length of time. Right. Minimal, right maybe time. zero filler. Um, the comedy was surprisingly good, I thought. Um, the, the the delivery, the physical, and the written. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so after giving those compliments, I want to give the reviews I got from the other people that watched the movie. <laughs> So first, I give it. I give you my five-year-old's review, Michael. Um, he had. I thought he had a very astute observation in his review. He said, "This movie isn't very good because you can see all the tricks." Okay, okay so but he doesn't understand that was on purpose. So he doesn't. I, I, I'll allow that. I also was kind of proud that he actually noticed the the flaws at five. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, that was good. Um, 
our buddy Dave said that uh, even if these actors worked for free, most of them should have been fired, which I, was, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was a little rough. Wow. Come on, Dave. <laughs> that was a good comment, though. Come on, Dave. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good, right? I mean, that's almost a compliment to these guys. Trust me. You know? <laughs> um, and my wife's was very was a very simple one. Uh, she walked through the, the, the room and said, this movie looks bad. So that was her take on the movie. Uh, yeah. so, so there you have it. So those are some reviews that didn't quite gush as much as me and Doc did, if you were right. interested in yeah. those, right? Mm. All right, man. I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news. All right, give me good news. All right, so I'm going to say people who don't, quote, get it, right? Yeah. They're going to find this movie just kind of immature and trashy. And I'm going to agree and say it is that. Um, but it's, 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 it's exactly the way this film should have been presented. And if... Um, they don't appreciate it, then I think kind of maybe they missed out on that creativity, the ingenuity, and the heart. So fuck them anyway. Yeah, that's a that's a great compliment, dude. I, I think that's perfect too. I agree completely. Um, for me, the good news is that this movie is fun. I mean, capital F U N, like like so fun that I kind of wanted to like take part or like be on the set at some points. You know, like I wish I was there doing that because this looks like a blast. It um, probably was not as fun as we think it was. It's probably a lot of hard work, a lot of long hours, but. In order to uh, endure that and show it on the screen as being fun, that's quite the yeah, um, that's an achievement in itself. Quite the achievement, right? Yeah. All right, what's your bad news? Um, those fucking CGI blood scenes, dude. <laughs> I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. They have no place in this film and in any other film ever. Right. It's Caro syrup and red food dye. And for the record, dude. that was my bad news in Bubba the Redneck Werewolf as well, right? Yeah. Yep. I think we're on the same page with that. It's it's it doesn't add anything to the movie. It detracts, and it's really not that hard to do with the. Well, I shouldn't say that's that. that's the I've problem. Is it. it's distracting. It's like oh, that looks. It, it just it doesn't ever flow well. It doesn't look good. I hate it. I agree, dude. That's a good one. Um, my bad news, dude, is is the audio, bro. Not and not the score, or the sound effects. I, the music. I wholeheartedly agree yeah, with it, you it, on that. I, yeah. I was listening with my headset, and I had a hard time. I had it all the way up to the, the highest level it could go. Yeah. I had my computer up at the highest level, and I still had a hard time yeah. listening to some of the dialogue. The audio was so inconsistent. It was muffled and echoey, um, even in the same scene. And it, when I was watching it on the big screen, um, I ended up having to turn it up and down constantly just to stop it from being too loud or too low, and that got really annoying. So, um, I, And I get it. This is probably one mic type deal, and... and you know, they did what they could, but uh, it really detracted for me from the fun of the film. Yep. Um, and also another, and this isn't really a bad news, but this is something just I want to put out there. Get this on video on demand somewhere, man, because I want some of my buddies to see this. It's tough to make to make someone buy a DVD. A while. If I, if this was four ninety nine on Amazon, I guarantee you Aaron would have watched it already. Uh, Pete would have watched it already. And we're not those jerks that are going to give out the uh, free Vimeo code that they gave us. To oh, I, abso- I absolutely did not, dude. No, I yeah. would never do so that. So we're not going to do that. No, I would never do that. Um, but I got buddies that will absolutely love this movie and it, make it available somewhere besides DVDs ASAP, dude. I, I can get the word out and get people watching it for sure. You know? Cool. Um, Schlockstar rating? I'm going to give it one out of the only movies I have ever viewed with Killer Shrews. <laughs> hey, that's a very... Uh... Dude, it was a fun one, man. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to... I'm going to buy this movie, and I'm going to watch it again with some friends. Nice. Yep. Maybe I, yep. even birthday party level. All right, man. That might tie in later. Um, 
I wrote two of these because I wrote one and I think I've already done it before, but my first Schlockstar rating was four walls being broken. Did I use that before? Yeah, I, I think you've used that one I think before. I did. Okay, that's good because I made a second one. I'm going to give it two ears connected by one smile because I noticed myself smiling from ear to ear for most of this movie. Dude, my face hurts sometimes. I was, I can't, I had to look up synonyms for laughing because I was laughing, chortling, guffawing, right. cackling. Uh, I, I was doing it all, man. It was, I don't sit by myself in front of my computer with my headphones on trying to keep from disturbing my family and heave and laugh out loud ever. And I did for this. So did we hear something like this? <laughs> was that going on? That, that's an accurate rendition of exactly okay. how it sounded. I figured it was. All right. Life lesson learned. A sawmill needs neither a saw or a mill. <laughs> or a mill. That's great. That's one of your best ones, bro. <laughs> oh, that's genius, man. That is genius, dude. Okay. Um, mine is, uh, with the right ideas on the right people, it does not take much money at all to make something totally worth watching. Cool. Yep, absolutely. Schlockernaut protocol requires a quiz off. May the best human moron win. All right, man, hit me. You hit me with your best shot. Okay. Is there any chance that I won't look exactly like Charles the Professor when I get older? That is you yeah. in 10 years. Guaranteed, right? Nose hair and all. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay. You so already have sure, the nose hair. Make sure we're on the same page there. <laughs> okay. What is the percentage of people who survive after receiving CPR out of the hospital? And I'm going to warn you now, it's depressing as shit. Oh, no. Is it real low? <clears throat> <sighs> well, you've already, I would have probably guessed like 50-50, but I'm guessing now it's going to be lower than that, like 40%. Two percent. Oh my god! So basically, you're wasting your time if you do it. They say it's kind of an outdated thing. It's good to try; it makes people feel good. Right. Out of hospital, you try CPR. Two percent survive. Bummer, dude. Okay. All way, right. Way to bring me down. All right. Um, <laughs> would you have done the shrews any other way? Uh, obviously, I'm not a special effects ex- expert at all. Um. I probably would have just stuck with puppets. Okay. I'm I'm not sure it would have worked for me any other way. I think this was perfect for, for the tone of the film. Like that really linked it all together for me. Cause I almost if laughed. You're every asking time. me like how I would rather do it. I mean, I wouldn't want to have messed with the, uh, the, the guy in the costume and the guy, uh, the, uh, the one on all fours on the dolly. I would have just done it all with puppets like yeah. gremlins or critters or yeah. something like that. I think it worked so well because almost every time a shoe was on screen, I had fun and that's, that's not the case in a lot of these movies where the 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 monster is just not fun. These were f- hilarious, dude. Like the monster, and it's made out of like good stuff spray foam, and you're like, it's so silly. Yeah, I actually like that one too, though. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I think that's the first thing that you and I connected on. I think, right? Monster, I believe so. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, go. What do you think Cassandra did for a living? Trophy wife. Nothing. Yeah, nothing yeah. at okay. all. Okay, just making she sure. She was a gold digger. Yeah. <laughs> she was cool. I was a great, both the chicks I thought did a great job, man. Yeah. All right. Um, is this movie Doc birthday material, like maybe the warm-up movie? I'm, I don't think even warm-up. I'm talking about, like, uh, first first spot, okay. first slot. It has that feel, right? I think people would, they would laugh. They would have a good time with right. it. It's not too overly offensive, because I've played some shit that was rather... I mean, where like literally, my brother's like, "I'm fucking out of here. I'm not watching this shit." Right, right. I'd love to watch other this people, scene. you know, like Catholics in the crowd, and you've got a, you know, a Catholic priest raping a guy. It's maybe this would be just something fun that 
everybody could get behind and it's it's not overly offensive but it it portrays a sense of a good time and people would have people would never forget it right. that's for sure because all the guys that come to my party are squares and they've never seen anything like this so they will totally have a blast with it right like even the people that watch it with me watched the whole thing they didn't tap out you know nobody ever complained right yeah. i'm sure yep. they just Awesome. I'd, lo- I'd love to watch this at Movies and Candy. That would be a fun one to like put on a big screen for like ten oh, or fifteen people. Yeah, yeah. It'd be perfect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe we should do a maybe we should do a film screening in Vegas of the movie and have everybody come out who was involved. <sighs> with it. That'd be fun, man. I wish I had the skill and knowledge yeah. to do that. Yeah. Okay. And time. Uh, all right. Give me a would you rather. Well, we're not done with the quiz off yet, Jerk. Oh, I'm that sorry. Second question. Hit me up. Hit me up. You don't have another. Oh, the, okay. So number three. Uh, name an animal less terrifying on paper. <laughs> Uh, what was that one we just had? Was it like a parrot or something? Didn't we just have this question in, in Wild Bees? How about a, how about a peacock? Can I go with a peacock? Parakeets. Parakeet. Kittens. Sure. Killer turtles. Capybara. There we go. Flamingo. <laughs> yeah. All right. Pretty much anything. Was that on my Wild Bees episodes? I'm sorry. Yeah, I think that was the same one. All right, give uh, me what you rather. Um, where the proud or um. Would you rather wear the uniform of Blake, Wayne, or Captain Frost? Oh, man, that's a tough one, dude. I think, I think Blake, because I'd like to have that raging bull on my side for a little bit. I'd want to be Captain Frost, man. I want to throw an eye patch on eye every patch. day and see what's up. Pliskin. See if people look at me differently. Snake Pliskin it up. Mm-hmm. All right, good one. All right, uh, would you rather? Would you rather be in the bathroom while your significant, significant other is taking a crap or have to take a crap with your significant other there watching? Oh, I'd rather be a giver, too. Not a taker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of assumed that. Like, I, I kind of knew your terrible. answer on that Who one. Who would ever want to? Yeah. Jesus. All right. Terrible question. Next. Yep. Uh, schlock or not? Um, this is the most exquisite and satisfying level of schlock. It uh, satisfies all base schlock senses, but it isn't dull or sloggy. And I want it in my collection now, which we talked about. A lot of schlock is... There's a lot of slogging through it. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? This is good. Yep, this was. Um, I, I'm right there with you. I gave it A-plus, low-budget schlock. I, I loved it. It was great. Cool. All right, um, give me a flick pick. I'm going to say um, The Lost Skeleton of Cadaver. Nice. I've seen it. like it. It reminded me a lot of that, but I wanted that to be more like this um, because I'm I'm a trauma disciple, man. Yep. I've every every time I go to a convention, Troma's there. I buy too much shit, and I meet Lloyd Kaufman, who tells me he's the creator of the Toxic Avenger, and I have a blast with it. He literally um, um, puts me down and ridicules me every time he signs whatever he signs for me, and it makes me giddy. Nice, good shit, man. Okay, um, for me, me and Lynn just started season two of Fargo on Hulu. Um, it's a great season so far. I'm not done with it yet, but Kristen Dunst, Patrick Patrick Wilson, Jesse Plemons. Uh, Gene Smart, Ted Danson, Brad Garrett, Nick yeah, Offerman. Jesse Plemons? Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, Nick the Offerman. Jesse, dude, Jesse Plemons? Oh, you don't know that dude from Breaking Bad? No. Right. Which one is he? Blonde hair dude. Weird looking. Is that um, the guy with the weird voice? No. Normal voice. Got kind of pokey up hair. Ah, look him up, dude. I'll look him yeah. up. Yeah. You know who Ted Danson... Like Jesse Plemons? No. You know who Ted Danson, Brad Garrett, Nick Offerman, Kieran, Kieran Culkin is, right? Absolutely, okay. Macaulay's brother. Yeah, they're all in it, and uh, dude, it's wow. Fargo is, is is nailing it. I didn't, dude. I really didn't even like the movie that much, but the TV show is on point. Both oh, season dude, one and man, two so far, dude. Cohen brothers. Yeah, they're on point. 
Um, cool, and, man. And we don't have a next up, so follow us on Facebook or Twitter, and as soon as we decide on one, we'll throw it up there. Be a Patreon supporter, and we'll tell you on Slack. Yeah, or that. Um, I do have a mission statement. This, unfortunately, came in the day after we, re- we recorded Cherry 2000. Okay. Here you go. Hey, Zombie Snacks. I heard you guys were looking for a sex robot. So I ordered. I was trying to order you guys a Cherry 2000, but they were all out. So I got uh, I got the new model, Barry 2000, and uh, he's looking pretty hot. I think you guys will have a lot of fun. And I, I can't wait to hear the next show. You guys suck. <laughs> it not, wasn't really a mission not statement. quite a mission statement i got a follow-up call to that too here okay zombie snacks here i was a little harsh with the whole you guys suck thing i was just kidding i love you guys keep up the good work doc i miss you get me back on the show he's not calling bye i guess pete felt bad about saying it <laughs> i know he's apologize. like trying to play such a hard ass he's like i'm sorry i'm sorry right but there. i did get a real mission statement here that was awesome. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Pete. Schlachnots, let us travel to the universe on a rocket ship fueled by foreskin and saber-toothed tigers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Suggestion for your next movie. Deliverance. Sick, twisted fucking shit. Do it. Do it. Do it. Could you hear it? Yeah, he said uh, on, for our next movie, do some sick and he, twisted shit. He wanted deliverance for the next movie. Was that Jeff? Yeah, it was Jeff. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> we also had a request on Facebook for People Under the Stairs, and you know I love that movie, dude. Yeah. So that's, you know what? I mean, deliverance has got a special place in our heart. I mean, yeah. there's uh, redneck rape, so. You know, I could probably pull the banjo out for that one, too. Could you play that? Yeah. Yeah, I could probably pull that banjo out for that one. Uh, I get yeah, that one live that. on. Okay, Jeff, it is officially on the list. We're going to do it soon. Yep, I put that and people under the stairs on our Because I our have never list. seen it all the way through. I've seen it in pieces. Oh, and to give credit, I think it was Michael Campbell that uh, requested people under the stairs, too. So Jeff for Deliverance and Michael for Michael, People. They're people both on the, the list. Yep. And we do have at the end of the show, um, we're going to play a song that was um, kindly given to us. I am super stoked about yep. this, man. Yep. I'm going to play a quick cut of it because you know, I like to do that, just a little 20, 30-second cut so you can get a feel for it. And if you like what you hear, at the end of the show, I'm going to play the full song in entirety. But please remember that we record in mono, not in stereo. So these songs always sound better if you go and listen to the real deal on – actually, YouTube sounds sucks too. But if you find it on SoundCloud or wherever it's at, I'll give some info on that. Those are um, super awesome. It's a band from the pub to the graveyard, which is uh, kind of fits into our – theme yeah let me see if, if i can will let me see if i can pull up their um their email info real quick while and if see if i can do it without skype turning off on us real quick. new album is available uh, to hell in a whisk wicker casket is available on itunes right now i think uh you can also um check them out on twitter with uh at pub to graveyard they're on reverb nation they're on spotify google play amazon and they're also available in the back seat of your car Yep, yeah, that's what I got here. Uh, they sent me a little a little blurb here. Uh, band name from the Pudge of the Grave. Band made up of alcoholics on their journey through hell, and we are from the deep woods of Rhode Island where the horrors happen. Mention that we can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Reverb Nation, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, and in the backseat of your car, just like you said. They are creepy dudes with ghoulish tunes. And uh, this song was called Mr. Eddie Gein, I believe. Is that what it was? No, that's, you don't believe that's happening. Okay. Here's That's a little the cut. name of the tune. Here's a little cut.
Cool, cool. I'll have that whole song at the end of the show, so stay tuned for that. Give some thanks, Doc, and I'll get us out of here. I want to thank our Patreon supporters, the Schlockernauts, and a huge thanks to From the Pub to the Graveyard. You can uh, check them out at Pub to Graveyard on Twitter. And I want to thank Aaron and Gosa, too. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Steve, and have a great uh, two weeks. We'll see you in two more. Thanks, man. Contact us at schlockernot at gmail.com. You can visit the website, steve52.com, for Facebook and Twitter links. Um, the best way to support the show, uh, if you're getting a little value out of the show and you want to give a little value back, the show is completely funded by our Patreons, and you can do that. You could help support us for $1. That's, that's pittance for all the hours of work we're putting in. Um, you can find the Patreon link on the website. You know the deal. Uh, shirts, blah, blah, blah. Schlockline, 209, Steve 52. Uh, thanks for doing this, Doc. That was a fun movie. Indeed. Killer Shrew! Nice man, just like anybody else. The only difference I'd say in the man, he seems to be a little high. There's a man living downstairs. He collects all of my hell. He fetches the bones in the dining room chairs and avoids all the living spells.
can just go shit in your hat. 